everybody, and welcome to episode 530 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapares, coming to you from the Adam Foot Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Zelda still the best, Chris Antista. And at one time, Microsoft considered buying me, Matthew Allen. <laughs> And special guest, Chaluminati Zone. I am also here, Jesse Cox. Hi. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. So you're you're obviously a regular host of the Chaluminati podcast. But you guys have had me on a couple of times. It's been a lot of fun. Chalumin- yeah, at Chaluminati Pod, yeah. I think. Some some might Twitter? say Jesse's the most regular host of, of that show <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the in resident skeptic of that series, right? Feels like it, I'll be honest. Some days... <laughs> <laughs> Best thing about that show is there's no way anyone could have faked any of this. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's all yeah. clearly real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You also are a producer on some games like Monster Prom, I think, was one of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Monster Prom is uh, the whole series. I'm producer of that. And uh, I'm also producing the upcoming Gestalt's Demon Cinder. And uh, I'm also working on an upcoming horror game and an upcoming FMV game Jesus. because I wow. wanted to make one. I'm just doing That's this amazing. again in, in for infinity. For... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I feel un- yeah. I feel unproductive. Wow, Jess. I well, you know, there's a reason I'm fat. It's cuz I don't have time to do anything <laughs> healthy in my life. I spend all of it working. Yeah. So What's my excuse? There you go. Chris, yeah, to be yeah. fair, we've all seen the production value on those FMV games. He could be recording it right oh, now true. and we wouldn't know the difference. That's true. It's true. I don't yeah. know how you got Dana Plato, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is part of it. Who knows? Uh, I should ask: Is there anywhere else you'd like to direct people's attention to, where they can find more of your 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 work? I do so much stuff, so I've conveniently put it all on JesseCox.com. Links are there. Enjoy, have fun, go search and look at all the wacky stuff I get up to. But with an X, do not go to jessecoxwithack.com. We cannot cannot verify what will be there. I should have bought that too, just yeah. in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say hello to my dad. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun show. Um, this is, we're at the end of June now. So it's time for what we do at the midpoint of every year, which is to look back and do sort of a mini game of the year show where we talk about the five games that are our favorite so far. As in previous years, we did this by just voting and arguing amongst ourselves. And then we invited Jesse in to vote and be the tiebreaker on some of these. And we needed that. Thank you so much for doing that, because this has been in terms of what we individually liked, has mm-hmm. been a pretty scattershot year. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there's been a lot of really big games. Uh, not all of us have had time to spend a lot of time with them. So, uh, but there, there's been a ton of quality. Don't don't mistake that for there being a lack of quality this year. It's it's an amazing no, the, year for games so far. And the, But the only trend I keep noticing, and I, I hate to start a controversy here, Yo, I don't think the Japanese care about Christmas no more. Like uh, every year's every year's front loaded with games from from the east, and then once uh, the holiday season rolls around at the end of the year, then we get the big Western games. And but like the, the beginning of the year is always front loaded with stuff from Capcom and Square. It's when they release Final Fantasy Remake and uh, Monster Hunter traditionally. Uh, so like al- almost always our game of the year so far in June 
it's Japanese developers, and that is not an exception this year either. I guess, yeah, it's mostly mostly Japanese developers. I know, you guys year. are looking at me like I'm saying something racist. That maybe it was the no, accent. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I was trying to figure out the math. I was like, is that accurate? Yeah, like, like potentially, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Elden Ring. Elden Ring was February, uh, like, but then you know, Ubisoft, Activision, uh, EA, they drop all their shit from like September to November, like. So yeah, like yeah. all the yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of that too is driven by when everyone's fiscal year yeah. ends. That's probably the biggest decider is like you just got to get a game out before the end of that fiscal, which for most people is March. Some companies it's like June. So hmm. that that really dictates that. It's true. It's true. Capcom has always yeah. owned March for some reason. I I was thinking like is it is it like a translation thing? But no, all these games are you know released simultaneously in Japan and and the rest of the world now. And I don't know, maybe it's like a Golden Week thing. I don't know when that is. Uh, it's it's earlier um, in the year, but uh, in, but yeah, like uh, Americans June. spend the Golden most at the end of the pack. year. So if you're a Western dev, it mm-hmm. makes it makes sort of sense. Hmm. All right, well, sort of sense. I said, yeah. Let's let's also just... also Jesus. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's an important part of this. <laughs> Did you cover him on Chaluminati? <laughs> I think Urban we should. I'll be Jesus. honest. I would love to do that. I saw this one guy. Thought he saw him. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of that going around. Yeah. So they went to the tomb, and the rock had been moved, and it was empty, and it was just a tortilla <laughs> with a vague-looking face. Uh-huh. And they they found a shroud and said, "I'm going to take this to Turin," and uh, <laughs> that was that. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, let's let's get yeah, started let's... with our games of the year so far, games of the half year, gothies, whatever you want to call them, beginning with number five. Weren't expecting any new branded until the new moon. You don't think he's a dessert, do you? What's this? A branded? Where's your master? Must I call for the constable? Uh, kicking off our list at number five, a it's new Raisin Contempt, uh, <laughs> shown by NPCs. And a rare new release, uh, yeah. talked about in the first ten minutes of the show. Holy shit. Yeah, so this this is kind of weird. Final Fantasy sixteen is, like, I have had, like, a roller coaster yeah. of sentiment about this game, because when I first played it, the, the demo, it was kind of like... This is very linear and straightforward, and the combat feels kind of basic. And I don't really know if yeah, I'm going to want to spend early a lot of in time the game, with I'm this. Like, I was recently shitting on Bethesda subquests, and I'm like, these are the worst subquests of all time. And then they get so good as Final yeah. Fantasy 16 goes on, and everything improves. It's and I'm like, like that is shocking. 20 hours in, this game is fucking amazing. Like, oh, it's a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, remember? <laughs> you need a dozen hours. You need it's a-, a major flagship game. It's going to be good. But yeah, that, that's the thing that it ramped up. And then when I got the full game, I realized like, oh, I have all these abilities I can sink points into. I didn't notice those during the demo. So I'm going to do that. Like, oh, my... The the fun of the combat just like shot through the roof. There's all these moves I didn't know that I could do before. And the, just the story gets so much more engrossing. The world opens up in such cool ways. And so it went from being like, I'm not really sure if I want to keep playing this to I am. I, I'm good not going back to uh, another game that's going to be number one on our list because mm. this is so captivating. J- Jesse, and, where, where are you with it? Have, have you finished it or are you? I am. 
I found out online because I went to go do some research about how many chapters were in it. Mm-hmm. I am chapter thirty nine of fifty at the moment. Mm. Wow! Uh, if that is any indication, no, I'm we were we were using in love with this game. We were using levels am, earlier on. Like what? I guess what level are you? That might tell us where you are because mm-hmm. I'm at like oh yeah twenty nine. Well, I mean. I also am using the Eret Stone to go and redo things to mm. power level because ah. I'm trying to do hunts as well. And some of those hunts beat your ass. I, it is rough. I never got close to, like, Michael mentioned, like, yeah, when you die, you get your stuff back. I'm like, you died? And then I did a couple hunts and, like, oh, good lord. Uh, that's a pounding. <laughs> that is a huge pounding. <laughs> Let me see if this what works here. And while I touch the button, I am murdered in almost one hit. Whew. But doing those hunts taught me a lot because once you lose a bunch, right? Because like you're saying, you don't think you have to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You kind of get it because you're already beating everything. And once you get just completely destroyed, you're like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Mm. And the le- most recent one I did, I think it clicked with me in a way that I felt like how I watch dudes online in their videos when they're zipping around and doing amazing things and they're doing like 50 hit combos in the air. And I was like, I just did that. Yeah. Oh my god! How did I just do that? Yeah. And it felt amazing. It, it doesn't seem to like. It hasn't really told me that like there is the element. The elemental damage is a factor here and has different effects on things. But you need to try that, figure it out, and notice for yourself. But the melee is so yeah. frantic. Uh, it's sometimes hard to notice. Yeah, the, the, I, I keep hearing it compared to Devil May Cry, and it's I designed think, by the Devil May Cry combat. Yeah, guy. but but I think a okay. big difference, and part of what makes it at least to me a little bit more compelling, is that Devil May Cry kind of hands stuff to you. It's mm. like, okay, here's how to do this move, and you can use it to chain into this other move, and you can keep the combo going with your guns. Final Fantasy 16 doesn't really tell you that stuff, yeah. so. To to make combat fun, you kind of have to bring something to it. You have to put in yeah. an effort. You have to learn what you're doing. You're right. And Everything I've unlocked is like, do, why would I use this? I don't even, like, this would just disrupt my flow. Why would I? Yeah. You, oh, that's why. Holy shit, this works really well. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- shout out to uh, at Papa Pichu on Twitter for, for pointing this out. So one of the things early on that I learned to do, thanks to them, was uh, if you start charging your magical attack, and then you launch into a like a four-hit combo. You can then unleash, you re- release the charged magic at the end. That will launch your enemy into the air. Mm-hmm. Then you do a shift dash, and you can catch up with them in the air, and then you start doing an aerial juggle combo, and then you can slam Down them to the ground, and like, ah, it feels so good every time I do that. Yeah. I, I still actually find that hard to pull off. I think I just keep missing the timing on it, but that's the fun of the game. Like, it, it really... I think to its credit, it doesn't murder you early on and allows mm. you to like mess around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, uh, let's it's just feel power fantasy. Why yeah. not? Yeah, you're really good at this <laughs> at this sword stuff. And uh, it, this is a last minute game of the year entry because Michael and I were both roller coasters. Is this up there for you, Jesse? Is something you think is one of your favorite things of the year? Yeah, I'm. I'm really impressed by the entire game and the little things that are here and there. But more importantly, it's a Final Fantasy. It's giving me the story that I want. I'm enjoying that they're taking their time with it and uh, it's going to very Final Fantasy places. I think a lot of people initially were like, this is Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And no, once you're in it, like every Final Fantasy, like you guys were saying earlier, after that initial starting point, like every damn Final Fantasy that ever existed, 
when you're in the game, it's hardcore Final Fantasy. Mm. Yeah. It is out there. It gets real crazy, and you're like, all right, I guess I'm in for this. Let's well, I, do this. That's That was my next question for you guys, because like, I don't want to bore you with my history with Final Fantasy, but my first one is 10, and mm. I was able to play like the remakes through the DS and the... Uh, 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 PSP remakes that, that are not good, but like I, but ten is like my my bar. Like, oh, I want to feel all this. And one, like the God, I don't know where I want to go with this. What I was first going to ask is like a lot of people are critical. Uh, this isn't a Final Fantasy game, and like uh, you didn't play the last <laughs> three Final Fantasy games because yeah. this is a evolution that it's sort of arrived at. But you had that video, Jesse, not my Final Fantasy, where you you, you point yes. out that like, yeah, this is. A, Every Final Fantasy is a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. At like past, I think, uh, I, I guess four was the the point where it like it begins to diverge and kind of bring in all these really unique elements. And then after after six, it's just all over the place. Yeah, it has a long story history of just taking chances, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people yeah. kind of either misremember or in their own mind interpret what they think Final Fantasy is. Mm-hmm. And from the first one I played was was Final Fantasy 4 in 1991. So, like, I got a long history with this franchise, and every single one has been different. It's brought something yeah. new to the table. And even if maybe the combat was same from, say, Final Fantasy 5 to, to 6, the job system wasn't in 6, and that was a huge part mm. of what Final Fantasy 5 was. And so... People are like, well, it doesn't have active time battle. And it's like, y'all, active time, the last time they had that was in Final Fantasy X, which is 20 years old. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you want? And ever since then, they've been trying to change it, and they might go back and bring a little. But it's always different, and it's always changing. And then there's MMO versions, and there's versions right, where it's yeah. like a fake MMO in Final Fantasy XII. And 13, <laughs> I did not like 13, but 13's its own thing, too. And so I think... You know, people being I like, it's not 13, Final Fantasy. But, but recognize its flaws. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's just, again, I'm not saying, I would never be like, well, 13's not Final Fantasy. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have at the moment. They're like, this is just Devil May Cry with fantasy tropes. And it's like, no, no, it's Final, it's very Final Fantasy. They just went with a different combat system and like, that's fine. The yeah, next that, one will do the same. <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't get it until... A, Maybe a dozen or so hours in, but it is it is a very thoughtful Final Fantasy game. It just I guess it's not clear for a while. Yeah, um, I, I get. I think I get why people are comparing it to Game of Thrones. Like the the first yeah. hour or so of the the game has a lot of blood, a lot of swearing, and this scene. You cock, <laughs> Benedict. <laughs> Take care. Does the lion take care when he chases the hare? Uh, yeah, you get it, it, someone. You call someone a cock. Then there's some implied fucking. I will only you. Say I'm this, saying Benedicta, one of the the first antagonists you made. This game is conceived and largely developed when Game of Thrones is a giant cultural phenomenon. Mm, it does true. take a lot of cues from that. But I want to, as someone who read the books and watched the show and relived the final season the same way you did. It's just the final season, though. Like we, I'm lucky enough to do something like 30 2010, where we get to talk about like when the Red Wedding aired and like what, mm. how that was just such a fucking awesome moment mm. in pop culture history. The last season can't take that away. Yeah. It's fine to be influenced. I, I don't by even Game of know Thrones. if it's the last season. I think you know the last season was pretty. 
It was pretty okay up until like that. The last the, three, two, three yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, they were moving things along at a much faster clip than. But it did it, on, on a, on a, on a Lostian level. It soured everyone's experience for the entire. Right, oh, for yes. sure. Yeah, it's one of those things that, and, in retrospect, makes the entire thing feel like a waste of time. But I, you know, like through thirty twenty ten, I get to re-experience popular episodes, and like this is still really cool, mm-hmm. and it was like way ahead of its time. And like Jesse said about taking chances. This isn't the first M-rated Final Fantasy game. Mm-mm. This is the first M-rated mainline Final Fantasy game. From the people who have largely had experience with 11 and 14, the two I've never played. Well, th- I mean, th- that I think is interesting as well, is it's all perspective about what people have played. Yeah. Because 14, it, it visually, when people see it, they're like, oh, that's some sort of like anime Final Fantasy. It's adult as hell. There's a lot of adult mm-hmm. themes going on in there. There is a, a lot of... The NPC chatter is very similar to this game, where there's a lot of just... I can't believe a character just said what they just said. That probably shouldn't yeah. be in Final Fantasy. And, but the thing that's crazy is... I think a lot of that has to do with translation and what people thought Americans huh. could handle uh, or young kids could handle. Because in past Final Fantasies... I mean, from six on, there were like six is all about like genocide and homicide and like yeah. mm-hmm. like suicide and crazy stuff. Seven, Mr. T's dogs, yeah, yeah. Seven literally has a scene where they're like a dude's trying to breed red with Aerith in like a two. When you're like, wait, what is happening? In the-? There's crazy stuff in this franchise, but I, but I think because the audience they thought was teenagers or preteen, we have to mm-hmm. really hide that. And now you have a game where. You know, the average gamer is 30-something. The main character is 30-something for most of it. And they're like, yo, we're making a game for adults. Yeah. And so we don't need to hide anymore. Except the first couple hours where the main character is pretty much just Tignataro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you said, like, what have you played? Because I've seen people complaining that, like, oh, there's so much swearing in this. How do I turn that off? It's like, you've only played a little bit of the demo. Because that yeah. stuff disappears after the first hour or so. Because I have not noticed they, they, anyone saying so much as shit in the last, you know, ten or so hours. They did hire a guy who is great at swearing. Yeah. This is my tip of the hat to Ray, Ra- Ralph, Ralph Innocent. Innocent. Yeah, giving, Ralph Innocent is amazing. He's a he gives a fantastic performance as Sid. I got a clip here. We can't very well set our people free if they're all lying dead in a blighted ditch. Not if we want to create a place where they can live on their own terms anyway. Sort of defeats the purpose. So, if we have to bring the old world crashing down in order to build us a new one, what say you? Are you with me? Look, I love, love the performance and... It's also fun seeing like the internet is in love with this character right now. I've seen people saying like he's Good. he's a bona fide anarchist. He's fucking John yeah. Brown leading a slave rebellion. Like and and yeah, uh, my, uh, he's he's my, such a cool my, character. I love Ralph. And I just want to say this because I love telling people this because I I was a British Office fan from mm-hmm. the beginning, and before I loved the uh, American Office, which I love both now. You can do sure. both. And Ralph Innocent played the. David Todd Packer character on the David Keckner character on the American mm-hmm. Office. Michael Scott's brash on PC. Don't friend. remember the name, yeah, but he's he's a bully. 
is Chris Finch. I, I remember the names on the British office way better than the American one for some reason. Mainly because there's 12 episodes you can rewatch over and over again. But I love highlighting like what they got away with showing in England. At the end of one of the episodes, you remember their Meredith character. They have a minor office party. And the last scene... The American offices, Meredith and Todd Packer, are fucking in the parking lot. And that, by that, I don't mean subtly and in a car. They're both on their knees in the pavement. And she's like, hurry up. My knees are going. And he's like, nearly done, love. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts to credits. It's one of, my, one of the things the American office could never, ever show. Uh, I just wanted to, I love telling people that. But I love his character. Because I think he's a Diablo 4. He, he is. He's also well. in that as well. Yeah. Right now, and he was the, I love the Vavitch. He's in the Vavitch. Mm-hmm. It's a great screen presence in in the probably the is this the most significant role of a Sid in history? It might be, yeah. Not, I mean, Final Fantasy VII comes a little closer, and that like he's mm-hmm. memorable. But then he's just like, I'm the grizzled old thirty seven year old uh, veteran who's going to fly. He's thirty two in thirty two. Thirty two. That's crazy. <laughs> even younger than I remember. <laughs> and 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 yeah, like I think the big chance here is. I was trying to read what the developer saying, like, why did you want to do this? And like, we, we didn't want to make a story for kids and adults. We wanted something for everybody. I'm like, was this mistranslated or is that just PR speak? Because this is pretty heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Even for a final, like for someone who liked the seven remake. Yeah. Give me a story of moral terrorism, uh, terrorism. I dig yeah. that. And, and bring it all down. And I played that clip at the beginning with the branded branded. Cause you get pretty used to like your character has a brand on his face and the way that this world is set up is like, People who were born with the ability to innately use magic are called bearers, and they're basically made slaves from birth. Unless mm-hmm. they happen to be in an area where, like, they, they get born into the local noble house or something like that. And, and treated like shit. And mm-hmm. I, I saw some of the discourse beforehand, and by all means, criticize away on your depictions of slavery. But this game, like, goes places with that theme that makes me, as a player, like, ang- angry and motivated in a way that yeah. is pretty good narratively and how dare you speak to me like that branded i'll have your master don't know of this and like i could take your head off at the shoulders right now and and not not a spoiler but like you know there was a bunch of like inclusion there should be more characters of color and like the stuff done to the slaves in this would be far more uncomfortable uh if you were to conjure memories of american slavery past Mm -hmm. there are several quests in the run-up to the middle portion of the game that are dark like it's very when i was i was like yeah no i'm i'm with let's burn this place down Mm -hmm. like let's just do it yeah this is this society is bad anything that's holding it aloft i'm willing to take it down because i do that a lot in rpgs like ah everyone's in mortal danger we have to hurry i'm like we do but there's like 18 side quests i'm gonna do before i get there this game made me feel really guilty and made me wonder, like, should I have actually hurried? Because when you get to things too late, and some of these are just side quests, the results are fucking devastating. Devastating. Uh, really heavy. Thinking of, like, what Final Fantasy fifteen was, the story of bro comrades, this is not that. It is very dire. Mm-hmm. Dire. Uh, dire. I sound very southern. Dire. Dire. But this is, this is the team that does fourteen. And I think one of the lessons they learned from that, as as a person who plays fourteen, mm-hmm. it is the last three two and a half expansions have gone to places that are not normal RPG fare. Like they are 
I think designing them to really, like, make... I don't want to say make you cry, but, like, make you look inward with a lot of what they're doing. And this, I think, is the same thing. They're actually just like, oh, yeah, oh, we're going we're gonna to tackle something right now. And if, if I can add this, Final Fantasy XIV, for how long it's been around, might be the most recommended game I've never played. And in my head, like, dude, I'm never playing that. Sure. This is the closest I've been to, like, I might play this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, we'll see, because the 7.0 or whatever that is next coming, I think they're trying to make it an easier barrier of entry, because if you want to try it now, you're doing 10 years, because it's a story. <laughs> it's a complete story. There is no way I can tell you, like Warcraft, for example, they keep reintroducing new ways to join. Final Fantasy XIV is like, when you play, yeah, you can buy a skip, but if you buy a skip, you're missing so much story. By the time you get to the stuff that's important, you're going to be like, what is this? What am, why do I care? And so it's really hard to sell people, but everyone who plays it, I promise you'll be like, dude, it'll change your life. It's an amazing I, yeah, game. Like, mm-hmm. like, I know I have friends who get back into WoW or discover WoW 10 years in. They're too ashamed to tell me. Uh, people who get back into Final Fantasy IV, and it happens like every year, like a couple of friends will be like, Jesus, this is so fucking, why, why are we, why do we sleep on this for so long? And I... I do not do the research on Creative Business Unit 3 because it's so confusing. But these guys were typically responsible for 11 and 14 uh, for the most part, right? Uh, most of the people who worked in this? Yeah. These uh, are the MMO guys. Ba- well, what originally happened is they had uh, 14. 12 business units. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they had four, 14 was being made by a, a team and it, you know, bombed. And then uh, they brought in. Yoshida and Yoshida who's doing 16 he was like alright I'll do it if I can bring my basically my friends and they were mm. like okay and so the music composer Soken who's doing the music for 16 like he just brought all these people in and they're just big nerds who played all the Final Fantasies and at the time mm. were playing Warcraft and they're like I think we can make this better and it's you know it's very obvious that the first version and like the first expansion is them trying to rev it up and then it started making money, and now they have money to spend, and it just keeps getting better and so better. And if you look at the reviews, it's crazy because each expansion is better than the last one. Yeah, and I've never seen that before. It's wild. That was, I think, wasn't that Leif's last review? Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, the latest expansion, probably. And and like, well, just remember we were talking about him off mic because he's like, I've been with this since the beginning, and this is really important to me, especially if this might be my last review. And it was the nicest IGN comments I've ever heard. They're like, wow, this person clearly has been along for the whole fucking ride and understands what this is about. It, it was just one of those beautiful, rare, beautiful moments in gaming where, like, guys, the comments are affirming. <laughs> They're positive. Come, come, come look. <laughs> Shout out to Leif. Uh, haven't yeah. seen him in a while. Yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Final Fantasy 16. Surprise. It shouldn't have been that surprising because, like, Final Fantasy is a juggernaut. Like, no. Last thing I'll, last two things I'll say about it. I may be being curmudgeonly. Jesse's got to feel me sort of being an online boy. It's hard to notice what games look good when we're just getting, like, pandemic era cinematic trailers. And every time I saw. Final Fantasy 16 in motion, like, is this a cinematic? Is this gameplay? Mm-hmm. I don't... And, it, I, I, you know, I just went back and looked at a couple, like, cutscenes from 13 and 10. Like, this looks in motion, in engine, better than that in terms of shadows and textures. It looks better than pre-rendered cutscenes. 
it should be right. It looks very, very good. And watching E3 or E3 stand in presentations, like I didn't really get a sense like this is happening in motion. And this is this looks very, very good. Despite like I'm a Final Fantasy guy. I'm an 8, 13, 15. Give me pinks and fuchsias. This game will not. It, 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 it doesn't just hate people of color. It hates everything of color. I will give you nothing. No purple. Now there's some purples. But, uh, but I did want to ask, like, did anybody... Is purple. I, I, I went so back and forth on quality and performance mode, I became profoundly irritated with this generation of consoles <laughs> all over again. Like, why are we still having to decide this? I thought this was a PS5 exclusive. This isn't optimized for any other system. Fuck! Because the performance mode, that's how you want to play a combat game like this in 60 sure. frames a second. When you turn it off... All of that nuance and textured work on like characters and cutscenes, I don't want to say it looks like dog shit, but it doesn't look new. It, it, it doesn't look good at all. And But I really didn't like the motion blur in uh, resolution mode as I moved the camera and thought it looked much better in performance mode, but everything else looks so much worse. I turned back on graphics mode. Did anybody else do anything differently? Yeah, I, the motion blur is... is... I, I hate it. Yeah. And it's very noticeable. Um, it is definitely one of my, like, very few knocks against this. The motion blur, and I even have, like, just, you know, the crafting system to me. Mm. For most of the game, I'm like, why are we crafting? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 20 hours in, and I've crafted maybe eight things. It, it, you know, why why is this here? It, that kind that, of thing. And does that leads... become more interesting when you do more hunts? Because the rewards get yes. a little crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a lot more interesting. You find more materials. And if you do the side quests that have the plus symbol, you can mm -hmm. unlock new recipes. Yeah. And That's what that means? Plus I symbol just... means good. It, you're going to get something good from it. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And so... Ooh, I'm so glad you're here, Jess. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, you get... I just did one today where it increased the amount of healing I get when I use a potion. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, Huge thing, because, like, I'm still, I got, I, I only spoiled part of the game for myself. Like, please tell me I get to expand my potion quota at some point. Yes, you do. And this mission's here. And, like, ah, shit. I shouldn't have read that. Right. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen until very far in the game. Yeah. Uh, it's not a huge thing, but, like, the only time I spoiled anything. I'm having a great time with it. And more to, I, I, very few games get this good, this much better the further I get. Um, right, at least as, as far as the games of the year go this year, but it's Final Fantasy sixteen, absolutely fantastic, uh, loving it so far. We haven't finished it, but uh, maybe we'll do a spoiler cast when we do. Who knows? Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we should move along to our number four. If you think like a sprite, you'll move like one too. <laughs> now nobody will think Blancaton is just me in a suit. I want you to come back and help sometimes, okay? I'll train you into the strongest jungle sprite ever! <laughs> Ridiculous dialogue. In which game? Street Fighter Six. Yeah, Street Fighter Six. This was unexpected because we've been saying for years, like, Mortal Kombat is knocking it out of the park when it comes to single player, making that mm -hmm. distinct, making it something to engage with beyond just the bare mechanics of an arcade fighting game. Street Fighter VI gives you world tour mode in addition to a bunch of other ways to play the game. But world tour is basically like, what if 
you had you took Yakuza, you made it several times sillier, and you made it so that instead of you know wandering around and people attack you, you can pick fights with almost everyone yeah. you see. What if, what if money was fights? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, here's a human statue performing at a crowded plaza. I'm just gonna walk up and punch him in the face and now we're fighting and it's a classic street fighter brawl and i kicked his ass because he's level three and i'm level 30 because the narrative of the game he's happy to do it yeah like my my first person fighting in world tour mode was like this lisa Loeb looking girl (laughs) and and she's like yeah i'd be happy to to, yeah kick my ass it's it's how we say hi in world in metro city But yeah, I that, that's the thing. I'm making very slow progress in the game because I keep wanting to just pick fights with everybody. And the 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 plot, the storyline that pulls that along is so silly that like, oh, the Mad Gear game is back in Metro City and for some reason they all wear boxes on their heads. Like every every gangster in this city wears a cardboard box on their head for reasons That is that is how you you reutilize a character model over yep. and over again. Very, it's no palette swap here. I mean, they reuse. I wouldn't say they reuse tons of characters. It's just like most they of the do. people on the street are you know like randomly generated characters from the character generator. Like you know, True. just put random clothes and face on you know somebody, and now they're a character you can fight. Whatever. It's it's so weird. Just like uh, you know, the whole world went nuts this year over the Mario movie. And I think a lot of the things that are entertaining about the Mario movie, seeing these characters do things other than what they do in a game, that's what World Tour is. Like, just making a silly, story, silly fun story mm-hmm. out of these characters most of the world knows through osmosis. Yeah. So, yeah, World, world Tour is you make a character and go to learn karate from Luke, who's one of the fighters, and... Your other classmate is a tremendous jerk who just attacks you immediately. And it's just like, I, I want to remind you, this is your first lesson, and this guy's already saying shit like this. We both came here looking for strength. If both of us are trying to find that strength, sooner or later, one of us is going to get there first. What happens to the other person then? We all know that nobody's going to be friends after that, so why bother pretending now? Ah, Bosh, my man, that's a really tough question. You gotta know what strength means to you before you go looking for it. You go looking for the wrong things, and you really might end up in that situation someday. But you know what? You can cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah, everybody knows two strong people can't be friends, ever. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Motherfucker, you haven't even heard of Cobra Kai? (laughs) Like, what the hell? what What if he gets strong before me, and then I'll be weak? Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's only so much strength in the yeah, universe. Exactly. Like, what is strength, though? Mm-hmm. What? Like, right? That's, you think World about Tour it, strives to answer this question, and <laughs> apparently it means you can beat the shit out of a bunch of randos while learning new moves from major Street Fighter characters, which is uh, where a lot of the fun and the new plot points comes from. That, Like, you know, every time you move to a new area of town or a new area of the game world, it's like, oh, yeah, you need to... Here's Blanca, he'll teach you some tricks. Or uh, Chun-Li will send you on a quest to beat up local toughs, or rather her, her cousin Will, who's sitting there on a laptop the whole time. And, and, and Jesse, as uh, someone who hasn't been on the show before, uh, we're so excited about this because like, we have just sort of reached a point like, look, I'm just not going to get good at these fighting. I'm not going to invest the time to be someone who plays a lot of Street Fighter online. We've always been like, 
please give us something single player because I still want to do things with these characters in a fighting game that is rewarding. Are you in the same space with that? Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I know that I'm never going to have the time or energy yeah. or patience to master all, you know, the footsies and the iframes and all mm-hmm, the things mm-hmm. that people need to be good. Uh, I will watch Evo and be impressed and yeah. blown away and like, wow, I love high level competitive play. But I'm not going to learn that, and I still want to be involved with the game, and I still want to be in that world, and giving that in of the story mode, of of you just running around. I literally just made myself, except I stuck myself in hot pants and just went around and beat the crap out of everyone, and it was (laughs) incredible. I loved every minute of it, even though the story is nonsense. Oh, yeah. Everything else about it is is a blast. Uh, Once again, Mario movie. Yeah. (laughs) What's great about it, though, the thing that I realized... Is it is subversively like the best tool to teach average gamer person to play yeah. this mm-hmm. because it slowly rolls out things and then as you get rolling it gives you more and more and everything you're doing even on the um, modern controls it even mm-hmm. there teaches you a little bit how to play and sort of prep you to learn how it's supposed to be played or um, the mini games. You're making a pizza? No, you're learning combos, dude. Right? That kind of stuff is fascinating. And then it does the meanest, cruelest thing in the world that around level 40-ish, it becomes one of the hardest things I've ever played in my entire life. It just (laughs) punishes you. And I realized, oh my god, this is, you have gone through this game, you've been just cruising along, beating everyone up, learning the moves, you're enjoying, you're having a good time, you think you're good at this, and the game beats you down. And I was like, this is what it's actually like playing in real life. You're going to lose, dude. You're going to get mm-hmm. your ass beat. Get over it. Learn to move on. I was like, <gasps> did I learn a thing right now? <laughs> Am I a stronger person? I, I was like, I was just find strength. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the final boss in every SNK fighting game where like, oh, the, re- the rest of the game did not prepare me for this at all. I'm getting my ass kicked. But, but once again, those are both areas, single player and tutorials. Capcom... And Street Fighter were way, way fucking behind. And, yes, and and like I said, uh, I don't feel qualified to speak on an FGC level about competitive play. But my oh, friends no. who do, I just like, hey, my one of my best friends, like, I haven't heard from you. We can like, uh, Street Fighter came out. I put eighty hours into it. It's great, and and it and that is not the response five, the rocky launch of five got, and as it gradually improved, it was kind of irrelevant, and we kind of lost Street Fighter for a generation, and. Man, this is a real positive story of, of 2023 as far as like Street Fighter's legacy. Something I care deeply about. Because even my more angry friends about the modern control scheme, like it's a little irritating. But like, eventually, you're if you want to play with the the Street Fighter people, you're gonna have to graduate into regular controls. But and you can see the videos online of people trying modern versus people using regular controls. I don't know if there's you get a damage bonus for using regular, but regular controls are winning. Yeah, yeah, almost all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even some of the angrier friends I talked about, like, but yeah, the, the idea that there's a we Street Fighter more than anything needs more players, right. and this is the first thing. When I was working with the company, like everything they did was just like this is never going to gain a new player. This is just to appease existing players. Ne- this the game has to and that they did and it worked makes me feel really good oh really good 
Yeah. I'm just thinking about there's a scene kind of early on where you run afoul of the mad gear or rather your friend Bosch does. So you both team up, you kick the asses of a couple of mad gear dudes and then Bosch runs away. And this woman in like a sports bra, hot pants and a bandana comes up to you and gives you the least effective intimidation speech ever. That guy was carrying a bag that looks like this, right? Right. This is something very valuable that belongs to us. He just stole it. So you're going to tell your buddy to bring it back safe and sound. If you don't know him, then you're going to have to do us a favor. You get me? I want you to find that guy and give us back what's ours. I really don't give a shit if you two are friends or not. We want that bag back and we want it now. So get it done or you're a pig slot. Now get your stupid ass moving. Like, lady, let me tell you how this works. First, you beat me up and put me in mortal fear for my life. Then you intimidate me. You don't wait until after I've already mopped the floor with your goons. But she called you Pink Slop, which is a pretty cool... Pig like, Slop. Pig Slop. Oh, I thought it was Pink Slop, like the Pink Slurry. The mm. uh, Never mind. Pink Slime. But That's cool. <laughs> she needed to tell you about the bag, okay? She had a lot to say about the yeah. bag. <laughs> Look, it's Fendi bag. She's really attached to it. I think it's it's like on a base level. If you don't care about Street Fighter, it sort of lost the ability to like create memes and mm-hmm. have non fans care about things that occur in the game. And this did that for the first time in a very very oh, long yeah. time. I have seen so many people who are horny for Marisa and also to a lesser degree Marisa uh, and Zangief. Zangief. I think they finally tell you how to pronounce Zangief in this game. I've heard talk of the Red Cyclone, but you're an even tastier-looking slab of meat than the rumors say. Indeed. This body of muscle won't quit until it's dying dead. Ha ha ha! Glad to hear it. But enough talk. It's about time I have myself a taste. I wouldn't have it any other way. Come then. Yes, come then. All I hear is more Putin nationalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faith within your race. <laughs> uh, Man, this, this, I can't wait to pick this up. Um, goddamn. Yeah. I, I, I should say, you didn't vote for this one. This was uh, me and Jesse. Only, only uh, uh, again, just because, like, you know, I want, look, I had a game I wanted to win, and I wanted to win you over to the Wulong side. It mm-hmm. did not work. For anything, but uh, I didn't play it. So, like, I mean, I didn't play enough of it to, to weigh in. But yeah, I knew this was going to be up there, yeah. and I'm glad it is. It's it's really a fantastic return to form. I think for Street Fighter, like when you tell the story of the franchise, this is going to be a real positive like uptick because five five was rough, man. That's like that's like almost ten years of Street Fighter in a weird position mm-hmm. in the fighting game uh, fighting game world. And uh, not all of it was not valiant. Like, the, the game got better, but, like, as we've seen, like, you got to kind of launch good. Mm-hmm. And this this did. Yeah. And, uh, like, 4 did. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, like, yeah, if you're not that invested in the characters, you can still be like, I'm fighting a bunch of box heads and their pet Roomba. This fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> I hate yeah, that, those that, that, that We finally have a Street Fighter game since Vanilla 4 that's going to make new Street Fighter fans. Mm-hmm. Fucking happy about that. Yeah. 
So, yep, fantastic, but clearly slightly less fantastic than our... Number three! And to think one day our children will ask, what is this thing? This relic of a corrupt institution destroyed by its own arrogance. Arrogance is a trap a lot of us fall into, Senator. I'm sure the Emperor won't mind if I deliver you to him in pieces. What? Did you really think you could capture me? Uh, oh, the, my toy lightsaber turned off. What's going on? Um, <laughs> what game is this, Chris? Uh, Cal casts his adventures on uh, K Planet. Yes, uh, that is the exact title. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yes. I, I feel almost reluctant. I, I felt almost reluctant putting this on because just I only voted for this because I played so much of it. Mm-hmm. But then I had to like bring myself back to like why I, I you know as a Star Wars fan and as a gamer like that genre has kind of excelled in subgenres. And mm-hmm. when I think we were playing Jedi Survivor and like what genre is this? Yeah, it's, it's not a third of- person shooter. In the, the semi open world Dark Souls like, yeah, well, yes, it, it's like, but to me, it was like if you married Uncharted with Dark Souls, mm-hmm. if, if if Nathan Drake could do actually cool stuff, <laughs> this is what you get. And 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 it 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 marries that promise of the for me, I, I, I haven't played the old Republic, but it, it marries what I loved about Mass Effect with uh Star Wars finally, like mm-hmm. just the idea, like. The reason we love Star Wars is every character we met was cool in some way and had something fun, like a fun story somewhere around him. And rather than needing to like read about an extended universe, you can sit and talk to all these characters and they'll tell you about what's happening in the universe. And it doesn't have quite the Mass Effect relationship system at all, but like I love talking to these characters, every single one of them. Like I thought it was really neat. You sort of collected these people with lives. You collected these people. As kind of an in-game item, but they would tell mm-hmm. you about their lives. I thought that was really neat. In addition to, like, vast improvement over everything, Star Wars uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen yeah. Order did. And, I mean, you know, the the plot with the, you know, I'm going to go on this quest and fight the Empire and do missions for Saw Gerrera, like, that's, that's fun. But also, like, there's that running theme of found families. Mm-hmm. And that Cal Kestis has continued to try and find a new family ever since, like, the Jedi Order collapsed. And when we see him, at, like, he, he had one at the end of the, the first game. And then we, we mm-hmm. see him at the beginning of this one. He has a new found family. And, uh, spoilers, he immediately loses them and has to try and rebuild everything. And it, it all just kind of, like, the the center of the game is this little bar on this backwater, like, Wild West town and that that grease runs and it's it's just about like yeah getting to know these characters and and their interpersonal relationships in the softer side and and just yeah it's just like hey let's let's just hang out and talk thanks for letting me crash here of course why do you think i've kept your stuff around all these years i was hoping you'd stop by and maybe take a break we both know what happens when i stay in one place too long you said there's a spare gyro around here somewhere We've got plenty of time to fix the madness. You are what I want to talk about. I'm fine. The sooner we get moving, the better. And then what? You're going to go find some trouble with Saw Gerrera? Maybe. Yeah. One of us has to keep fighting. 
You know, it's not good to work all the time, Cal. You got to de-stress. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it right now. Hashtag uh, Greaves for Smash. <laughs> is that is that for Smash Bros or for fucking? A <laughs> little bit of column I'm A, a not... little bit of column B. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm too old, too old to get away with calling fucking smashing. <laughs> I still call it swapping booty. That's why we said it in the 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, yeah. You bring up a great point, though, about the characters and the fact that when they showed up, it made me appreciate how much I loved them in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're back. Yes. And that made me feel so good. Just to see these characters again. Yeah. Look how much cooler the witch is dressed this time. She looks she does like not someone look like I could hang Star out Wars. With. No. She looks like she's about to get on a bike and yep. drive off into this. She is at a different wor- I don't care. Still mm. love her. Yeah. V- big fan. There's a, a weird part of this game. I'm not going to spoil anything, but this game took me to a place I was unexpected. To I didn't think I'd get there and see that part of the Star Wars lore, if that makes any sense. For those mm. who have played it, it's kind of like, wait, we're doing this? All right, let's go. It's wild. I was it, I was very impressed that they had the I don't know audaciousness to do that when they really did they didn't have to at all. I'm not sure if I'm far enough to understand. Yeah, I, I, what I, you I don't. Mean. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not going to say anything because it's a huge it's a huge spoiler. So I'm not going to say a thing. But like, okay, pretty interesting. Yeah, and another thing about Jedi Survivor is it has some great performances just across the board. And one of the best villains that I've seen in a while. Not not the main one, but uh, this guy. This thing sold us a priceless relic. The key we have been searching for. Except, of course, it's fake! Uh, Ravis, this big ape-like dude, sort of a local warlord on this backwater planet. It won't go much more into spoiler territory than that. But uh, played by DC Douglas, who's also known as the voice of Albert Wesker. So, yeah, just just a fantastic, fun performance. Oh, I thought you meant Turgle, the frogman. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the villain. Yeah, yeah. He's played by, uh, what's his name? Raz's voice actor. Zim. Richard Horvitz? Yes, Richard Horvitz. Thank you. It's like, I see him all the time in Hell of a Boss. I love that series. Uh, I think he's also the voice director on it. Um, But uh, yeah, again, fantastic across the board. I don't have a clip of Richard Horvitz, but he plays a weird little (laughs) uh, thieving frog creature who keeps getting into trouble. I I think it's one of the, it's the best Star Wars game made in the post Disney acquisition. Like it's, it, it, what's, it, what's, it's what makes me infuriated by that EA exclusivity window, because like this could have been happening the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and this, this rich universe, I am so bored with Disney plus shows filling in the gaps of what happens in between the important moments that George Lucas established, but there's plenty of space to do that in games. And I think this is outside of the question of, Hey man, how come no one ever told us about this Cal Kestis who could basically fly mm-hmm. uh, Jedi? <laughs> uh, it's a great intermediary of what's happening in the Star Wars universe without disrupting any canonical events. It, it, it's wonderful. I, I really can't praise it enough. Yeah, that's the secret. When Yoda was saying there is another, he didn't know about Leia. He was talking about Cal Kestis. Oh, He's still out there. Possibly Ahsoka Tano or any of the other Jedi who survived Order 66. I was, when I was playing FF16, like, I got to prioritize 
resolution over performance. And then I remember like, why am I seeing ingrown hairs in the back of Cal's neck? Like that is not a thing that like mm, I needed resolution. to see in my games. <laughs> it's so it's too textured. Uh, mm-hmm. well, maybe I could shut this off and get some gameplay performance out of it. <laughs> Time out. We need to we need to talk. Speaking of hair, uh, what did your cows look like? Because I was full mullet and mustache. Full mullet. I I I was so mad that like, I loved exploration that game, and your reward was always like headband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sideburns and like Jesus dude really and give me something I could spend at least mullet and headband solid snake there you go but once so I was like I'm not gonna change my cal at all once I got the mullet I'm like this is happening <laughs> uh, full 1090 like yeah. shave sides <laughs> I to get the big handlebar mustache oh, yeah it was disgusting mm-hmm. god I love myself <laughs> in that game <laughs> uh, yeah but I, I yeah I can't really recommend the game enough for any Star Wars fan out there. And like we'll talk about in the news, due to the EA exclusivity, if you're on Game Pass, it's not going to cost you shit in like two months. So enjoy. Enjoy, because I, I, I replayed Fallen Order like a hundred percent the best of my ability without restarting the game and making other choices uh, a month before the game came out. And so I had a great time with the series. And I think it's it's the best thing... It's it's not even like crazy to say it's the best thing post Disney acquisition done in games for Star Wars. There should be more to talk about, but there isn't. <laughs> this is the best. All right. Well, yeah, it it is fantastic, and uh, we should move along to our number two. Such a fool, Mister Kennedy, to have been bestowed with Lord Sadler's. You talk too much. Failed. <laughs> You vulgar, utterly uncivilized, ah, I, I guess that's sort of a spoiler. A bad guy dies. Sorry. Yeah, uh, spoiler, spoiler of a game that's, what, 20-something yeah, years old now? Roughly that. What game is this? Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake? Is that the full title? Biohazard yes. 4. I, it's it's either... Resident Evil 4 Remake, or it, the official title might just be Resident Evil 4 because Capcom has that annoying habit of not labeling their remakes. No, so I thought, just I have thought to they make put Remake on some of those titles, especially this one, because it fucking needs it. There's several mm, other yeah. versions being sold in every marketplace. I've this come to true. terms with the fact that there's a lot of games that we're just going to have to refer to by release year, like God of War, mm-hmm. parentheses, 2018, right? So uh, and I got to say, I didn't vote for this because I have not played it yet. But I did. That was only because of my hashtag ethics. Uh, uh-huh. I I, I love Resident <laughs> Evil Four and have every every bit of confidence it belongs here. But it's it, amazing. Yeah. Did you play this one, Jesse? Oh yeah, loved it. Big fan of this. Uh, for some reason, this year a lot of remasters and remakes. I'm kind of like whatever. But this year mm. they've been hitting out of the park, and I'm super here for it. And I like that they're continuing to do what they do with the new Resident Evil remakes is that all those things in the original ones that was kind of like, wait, what did I just watch? There's, mm-hmm. they fill that in. They fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm here for this. Yeah, they do. They, they, they do it at the expense of, you know, some critical scenes. Like I think there was like a laser hallway that you had to do a QTE to get through. That's spoilers, not in the remake. Um, but you know, for the most part, it, it hits all of the big beats it uh it still feels like the old game but it's a modernized version of it and like yeah there's just 
a lot to this game, a lot going on, a lot to discover and appreciate. And I just adored it. And it it is, is a reminder, like, I feel like every time I play these games, there's like that initial horror element of like, oh, no, I'm going to be scared. Some guy with a chainsaw is going to cut my head off. Ah. And then that gradually melts away and you just start to appreciate <laughs> the world design and like just it's really fun to explore in these games even with the threat of oh the monsters are around it's like yeah but I'm, I'm just gonna run from this verdugo guy until i you know make sure that i have opened all the crates and treasure chests and things on this floor wow before yes I move that, on. that is that is the the best way to play resident evil 4 <laughs> Mm-hmm. Crates. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really, it's kind of just through that initial village sequence that game was ever kind of scary and stressful. Then after that, yeah, you kind of got super powered and, and um, I like that about those games. But I mean, certainly this one didn't lose any of that tension. You know, that that's what was remarkable to me. I, I have this amazing, it's my superpower. I have um, very bad video game memory. Like I play through a ton of games and I very rarely will remember the story of those games. Like, past five years on it's just kind of like what happened so like it's great because i was able to play it again and just be like this most of this seems new to me i did remember some like highlights of the story like oh yeah i kind of remember remember that little guy and stuff like that but it's like (laughs) i I couldn't tell you what was different about this one between the original other than a few you know similarities i saw like oh yeah starts in a village okay yeah there's that little weirdo who becomes a boss and stuff like that i was wondering if there was some kind of expectation after like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which, Jesse, if you don't know, I, I've never played the original Final Fantasy VII, but I I know enough about it. Yeah, I know, I know. I, <laughs> Interesting. I didn't a PlayStation for a long time. I was a Saturn boy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> because I stand... <laughs> you were one of the few. <laughs> and I loved it, because I have Stockholm Syndrome, I'm proud of it. Uh, but I, I loved what they did with that idea of a remake, to fuck with your idea with a remake, and I wondered if that put any expectations on Capcom after, like, two fairly straightforward remakes even though they definitely added newer elements into those can you fuck with re4 or does it need to be re- like preserved Crystal crystallized amber and uh yeah can't sorry i shouldn't even talk can't wait to get to it <laughs> they're, they're definitely doing some stuff that is trying to make all the movies connect now or movies oof mm. the games connect now <laughs> but it's same thing with you know how movies are doing it like but the, like they're bringing because in of Alice, seven and connecting eight with the movies yeah, because of seven and eight, and the way that those stories are, and the introduction of various molds and black goos and things, and then Las Plagas and the various plagues, and then they're trying to make it all connect. And so you'll get notes in the game that connect to different things and different studies. That, and I kind of dig mm. that. And then they take all the characters that existed. Like Luis actually has something to do mm. in this one. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, all right, I'm here yeah. for it. I mean, I wouldn't even say two was a straight up no, remake no, of, of, of the original two. Like, it it definitely went some places. Right, was that, that, what, what's like, like kind of like Jesse said, like when they're filling in a lot of those those details that they were missing before. Sometimes they do have to change the way they tell the story, but it's always for the better. Yeah, in I, the past three, you know, two, three, and four. I can remake. neither confirm nor deny stuff, but like all of the ports you got of Resident Evil so far are as they were made originally, and a lot of stuff hits the cutting room floor to meet deadlines, and it's kind of interesting. I think in some cases they get to return return to original design docs and flesh things out the way they may have been intended to be. Uh, Had they more time? Because now they do. 
uh, I feel like the uh, the end of this game. It's not like it's not a story spoiler, but anyone who's played through the original four kind of knows. Invisible jet ski. By the end of the, well, by the end of the game <laughs> though, you, well, there is a jet ski. But um, no, there, there's just like you're kind of more in this military industrial complex, like fighting your way to stuff. And mm-hmm. in the Crowder. original four, that felt a lot more empty than in this one. Like in this one, it definitely feels like. Yeah, I'm on a military base full of these, you know, Las Plagas, dude. You know, yeah. like so that they felt that, that quite felt a bit. fixed to me a little bit. All you know? the like, paved the way for Resident Evil Six remake, man. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. I am waiting. I hope they change nothing about the Ada campaign. <laughs> it's just her and a dude, and mm-hmm. I want that so badly. If they change the logo, I'll be so I want mad so badly to have RE Five dude remake. giving head to a giraffe is the and best. I logo can't wait ever. to see what they yeah. do with the natives in that game. No, and, no. <laughs> No, no. It's got to be something. <laughs> we might have to rethink this a bit. It has to be something. <laughs> like, even even in the original Resident Evil 5, you find a note that's just like, everybody's putting on outfits that we only wear during festivals. Like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> that's how you're lampshading some the grass skirts and Some guy snuck that in for sure. Like, yeah. some localization guy was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this original note said something else, but I am going to write this just mm-hmm. to cover it. And uh, going back to RE4 Remake, I do really like the the new way that things are characterized in this game. I really liked the encounter with Krauser, which kind of throws you for a loop. <laughs> Long time no see, rookie. Major Krauser? What the hell? Why? Recovering stolen goods. And killing a few rats way easy work Ashley it was you catch him quick enough talk have at you uh yeah yeah so that er- originally that sequence was again getting into slight gameplay spoiler territory that sequence was a quick time event where you're watching a cutscene and all of a sudden like ah button prompts i gotta react to these knife slashes and yeah. now it is just a fight a knife fight that you get to participate in and uh he'll charge at you and for the most part this game has eliminated quick time events yeah you still got to do the obstacle course to reach him you know mm-hmm. like there's still like the hey look out for trip wires and falling rocks and all that shit but like this is when this game all of a sudden becomes a metal gear game <laughs> It's yeah. just out of the blue. It yeah. just has a Metal Gear boss fight. And it doesn't make a lot of sense in in the original. When this first came up, I was like, what is what is this? They take at least some time in this one to establish a backstory a little bit mm-hmm. and give him a reason of why he's there. I don't remember if in the original they explain why that dude is even I don't think they do. I think the they game. did it in one of like the Wii Light Gun games. Like Dark Side Chronicles or something. Uh, <laughs> that checks out with given Resident <laughs> Evil lore and where these things tend to happen. Absolutely checks out. Yeah, yeah. It's Chris, do you remember exciting. Krauser where where that was explained? I think oh, it was. No, I didn't. Yeah, no. There, there, there <laughs> were twelve Resident <laughs> Evil games released the first year I worked there. Twelve unique oh, Resident it? Evil games. Wow, they, they let you off uh, pretty light there. Ask Greg. Uh, but the important thing is they, they preserved everything that made the original great. I thought they improved it at the same time. It's just a fantastic experience from start to finish. Uh, but I haven't talked about my favorite addition, which is, of course, these bits. Welcome, stranger. Begin! 
a shooting gallery should not be one of the best parts of a game. A pirate theme shooting yeah, gallery. It, that. it absolutely is here. It's it's super fun. There's like layered challenges where like each of these courses is different, but then you'll have to spot like the three enemies that have like these little skull icons on them and shoot the skull icons. And you can redeem this for little gotcha machine action figures that give you different stat boosts. Yeah, you attach them to your briefcases. There's mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a whole metagame too I, I read after the fact of like if you the the things get rewarded in a certain order, so you can kind of game the system with the number of coins you earn to get the best charms accordingly and stuff like that. And I just totally didn't do any of that stuff. But uh, I yeah, did. you can theoretically game it. It's so much. I'm trying to look up the exact number, but one of them is a chicken, and it makes every egg basically take you to full health. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, so they, you can just yes. farm yeah, chicken yeah. eggs and fill your inventory and be invincible, and it's incredible. And they're amazing because wow. they're super small. They don't take up inventory. Yeah, they're right. all those bass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this speaks speaks volumes about this game, the fact that I didn't mind inventory management in this game at all. Like, they had yeah. that auto button, auto sort. It actually works. And, and a lot of the time I complain about a Resident Evil game, I'm like, yeah, I'm just playing, playing fucking briefcase Tetris half the time. But uh, this game it didn't do that for me. Mm. It, I'm trying to remember, isn't there like an enemy that's like a one-shot kill if you peg them with an egg? Something like that. Or am I just thinking- I think it's Ramon. I think it's it's the guy, the little tiny dude. Yeah. Are you thinking of the ending to the follow-up to Wizard of Oz, Return to Oz, where <laughs> eggs kill the final I, I might be confused with, I think there's like an achievement or a challenge or something. No, I where think you, you're right. You have to yes. throw an egg at his portrait. And that, yes. Oh that no, you're right. There is yeah. there is a. I, I think I platinum this game, and yes, you can throw an egg at, at this portrait, and you can pop a chivo. For That's sure. right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, love, love, love Resident Evil Four remake. Strongly recommend that. But I think if you're talking about games that we all loved uh, and want to play to death, it this is the clear winner this year for sure. If the creature depicted here really does represent the Demon King, then this mural must be the Great War recorded in the royal histories. This is the imprisoning war. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I should play something that is more ingrained in everybody's minds. There it is. Right, right. <laughs> what did you just build? Who did I just impregnate? Some death machine, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a news story I saw this week. Last week, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom sold that week more than any of the top games of the year combined. Wow. I thought that was so far. <laughs> like, every game we've talked about has been outsold in one week. No, that, that can't be. A month be. after release. Yeah, that can't be true not. just because Harry Potter, the, the Hogwarts game, sold a it's true. That's, I think games. that's still the number one selling game of the year. Um, yeah. But uh, this is that's the thing is Zelda has never really been. Um, when you look at best selling games on Nintendo platforms, Zelda's rarely in the top ten. And this looks like this is going to define the Switch in terms of sales. It's going to be a lot. And uh, it, it became a genuine phenomenon with this Minecrafty element that, like, to be honest, I have rolled credits on Zelda recently after 300 hours. Uh, I barely use this to its potential at all. Uh, there's this, you're not really asking. I have a bunch of friends who are Zelda purists and like, that's not Zelda, man. Like, you're never required to build uh, an Evangelion. 
That's or, true. Or a big. <laughs> yeah. you, it, you're you're humor. never required to do but that. But honestly, can. every Zelda from now on should let you build a fan cycle. Uh, well, <laughs> should be able to attach trick. two fans to a control stick and fly around. A beautiful trick of that game is how smart it makes you feel while you're playing it. Like, you feel like you've outsmarted the game a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is how fucking stupid I feel when I go online and I see other people's solutions to things. It's like, oh my god, I am thinking squarely in the box on this one. And everyone else is just a genius doing these crazy things. Never would have even crossed my mind. Like, it's it's wild the shit people are doing. And at first when I started playing this game, I'm like, you know... Is this just like, should this have just been an expansion to the first game? Like, it, it it kind of, at first to me, gave off those vibes. But then, like, as I started to, it's really you have to get the build power, like that auto build power. You're just like, mm-hmm. no, no, this this thing deserves its own sequel. And then once you start, you know, exploring the Sky Islands and realize, like, oh, this is what Skyward Sword should have been. That fucking terrible travesty of a Zelda game. Like, you, you, and then when you, when you go into the underground, there's three overworld maps yeah. in this fucking I was going to say game. I've heard this called an expansion. If it's an expansion, it's one of the biggest ones ever attempted yes. because it yeah, it adds basically two more open worlds onto the existing open world, remakes a bunch of the topography of said open world. Yeah. yeah. And and then like remixes all of the story events, the characters that you'll meet, the buildings you'll see. Uh it's it's a complete overhaul that just happens to be set in the same area. And you think about it, it's like why do we need a completely new open yeah. world every time a sequel to a game comes out? The thing is the size of a small country. I haven't, like, I haven't been here for five years and, and the uh, rare occasions I recognize where I was, despite the cataclysm that uh, had it's undergone, that was always really rewarding. Like I didn't remember how to get everywhere and they changed the topography enough to where it feels like a new area anyway. Shit. If you want to keep the same area, make more of these things more often. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what to fucking do now. I'm, I, the thing I'm struggling with is whether I call this... Uh, Jesse had a broken record for everyone else, but like uh, Breath of the Wild instantly became like my top two games of all time. Is this better than Breath of the Wild? I don't know. It's, not, it was, it's certainly not as revelatory, but there's inarguably more things to do and so much more going on under the hood, and every single feat is a billion times more impressive and I think I played more of it, but I can't say yet. You hit the nail on the head for me. This game is a problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem mm. for me mm. because it falls squarely into the Skyrim category. Mm. They've released countless Skyrims. I i don't know what the end of that game looks like. I couldn't tell you how that game ends. I'll play, run around, find stuff to do, spend 120 hours enjoying myself, and then and something finish. else will come out. In this case, Final Fantasy 16, mm-hmm. and I'll go play that. It's and a bit I like got me with GTA in. games. You know, I've seen the endings of half of GTA games, but most, but I've still played a hundred hours each game at least. Yeah. right? it's it's, uh, it's a yeah. good sandbox. I, I can tell you how Skyrim ends. You one shot a dragon because you've spent hundreds of hours doing every other quest <laughs> in the game yep. first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> absolutely that, that is case. how I, I defeated Zelda. Like I bet this was supposed to be hard. Because <laughs> I mean, you couldn't top the Oblivion ending, which spoiler for folks ends in a fucking kaiju battle between a giant statue and, and like an ancient god. So it's it's harder to beat that. I mean, that's kind of a spoiler for games. every game that's ever existed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have a, I have a feeling where Final Fantasy 16 is going, and it just does seem to scream kaiju battle. I mean, it's, so the it one, already has kaiju battles way before you get to the end. But anyway, know, yeah, but true. The one thing I thought I would miss in this one, and I almost like. 
I hope they make it DLC. Like, because cause I, I got it wrong, by the way. I was like, oh, man, they don't have the the family circus fucking uh, trail thing. They do. Nope. You just have to upgrade your Pura pad to get it. But, like, I thought I would miss the old powers more. And now that I've been playing around with this game enough, I'm like, that would be really fun if they somehow gave you the old powers from the last game in this mm. game. Just just to expand your tools. It would be too much for this main game just on its own. But once I've put 100 hours in, I'm like, yeah, I want to... I want to play around with this this time stop mechanic, and, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. more. And, and stuff from the last game. What was the other powers? In the, it's like you could make Revali's water Gale, rise baby. up out of the ground and shit. Revali's Gale is now ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revali's Gale was amazing and still needs to be in this motherfucker. Yeah. I, I like, there's there's one thing I want to highlight. And I'm not good at talking about this because I'm not a game developer. Even I have some experience working on games. I, I don't personally can't tell you what's going under the hood but i do know it's one of the most impressive feats in any interactive medium that has ever happened and the oh, yeah. greatest thing about breath of the water uh tears of the kingdom is that like it's they've created a system that is asking you try and break this try and break this uh yeah and and my favorite thing about that is the air bike i'm sure mm-hmm. everybody's seen the air bike by now right are we all nodding our heads yes yes the air bike is two fans attached to a control stick that existing, every other flying device either takes up a shitload of battery power and more components, or the glider expires and falls to the ground after a certain. That breaks the game. That it, on on, but they somehow knew that, and it just it's a switch. Did you have you ever been like flying around on that air bike and like, oh here's that stutter. The sound's still going. My screen is stopped. The game is definitely. I definitely crashed the game. Picks right up and keeps on going. Every, mm-hmm. Everything you try and do to break the game, certainly they won't allow me to solve the shrine like this. It all works. It's yeah. mm-hmm. abs. I don't know how you confidently build something that works like this. That that like can't be that is enjoyable no matter how you play it. I saw something they acknowledged that they talked about like people love to cheat in yeah. games. They love to feel like they got away with something, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's what the shrines kind of allow for even though we want we want them to be solved a certain way but if you can think of a better way that's more fun for you why not yeah go for it it. it's insanely rewarding Mm. Uh, just to think like there's no way this is going to work because i can see how they want me to do it that looks like it's going to take a lot of trial and error and maybe a goddamn uh, trying to name a geometry device but i fucking failed that class Uh, (laughs) protractor uh, sure. Pythagorean theory? I don't know. Because you go in a shrine, they take certain things away from you. You can't spawn an air bike in there. You got you to gotta play by their rules. And then you realize those rules are meant to be broken, too. I remember in Mario Odyssey, yeah. they would talk about, like, explore your powers. And we knew some people were going to glitch and cheat. So they'd leave piles of coins up in areas that, like, less than 1% of players will ever access. Knowing yeah. that they people would try and break the game yeah, like this. basically just a way of saying yeah we see you yeah yeah and, we, and this we know game, what you're like, trying to do those rewards are so much better and it, it's every part of this is phenomenal uh, I, I think story in Zelda is my like 18th favorite thing about it there's somehow a little bit more co- coherence in this story now I thought the, la- the Breath of the Wild was super clumsy and told very weird there's a certain kind of elegance here even though. I thought they were going to do something a little more, you know, drastic and un-Nintendo, but they didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoiler. No, I, I think it's not going out on a limb to say this is probably the best story a Zelda game has ever had. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, it's, the kind of, it's the kind of thing that you can only kind of do with a second Zelda, because first Zeldas are never really that interested in 
Ganon, right. do what you got to mm. do. Collect the shit. Get there. Be I, there. I'm not counting the CDI games, which were immaculate, yeah. amazing story. This, you know, masterpieces. This might have the most voice acting yeah, of any uh, yeah. any Nintendo Zelda game. And like, just this bit at the beginning is still one of my favorites. Was that the sword that seals the darkness? The blade that shatters so easily against my power cannot save you from me. Uh, like that's you know Ganondorf, you're finding his desiccated husk underneath pretty gross. castle. Yeah, it's it's he's a mummy, but like it's weird to me that his tone implies a certain amount of concern. Like you're gonna have to get a lot better before you try to kill me, Sonny. Oh, you'll have to go on an epic quest. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have don't to get the- that sword that seals my evil. Don't don't fix it. Oh, oh, is it stuck in a dragon's head again? Mm-hmm. Jesus, probably. Who could have foreseen that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, but again, reading about developers talking about this, and which you know, we have a news story later on in the program, like everybody's got to be talking about the next Nintendo system. But it to make this seem like even more of a feat, it's doing all this stuff on the lowest end hardware. This game mm. can be emulated on the cheapest Steam Deck uh, <laughs> with with relatively no pitfalls, and. It's accomplishing things no game on the PS5 or Xbox Series X or PC is anywhere close to doing. It it's it's it it takes my breath away all the time and like yep. it hum it fucks my butt and makes me humble. R.I.P. Iron Sheik. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> uh, I can't say enough great things about this. I just get the feeling I'm going to have to do this all over again in six months. So I'm trying to keep it vague. Probably, but, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's like. The, We've had two years in a row now where the very obvious Game of the Year candidate revealed itself like in the first six months. We we had Elden Ring last mm-hmm. year. And it's the same thing where it's just like, I can't imagine liking a game better than this right now. That, that's because I still think Elden Ring might be in my top three games of all time. But the things happening in this game, like I had, remember I had to like sit down and like, do you even remember why you liked Elden Ring at this point? <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, uninterrupted combat and fighting. Right. This game does not have that. Yeah, but I couldn't um, stick things to other things in Elden Ring. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't don't just besmirch do... Elden Ring. Elden Ring in my book is still way <laughs> no, better no, than it, this it's fucking true. It's your idea of besmirching it, saying I can't stick things to other no, things. No, you guys just, you know, Chris is like, I can't even remember. No, I'm I telling you, I had to sit down Ring. with a drink and, and, and remember, like, because it is, it is a combat-focused game. But there still is something amazing about... Like, I didn't build that air bike for the first hundred hours, but every time you walk 20 feet is something incredible to discover. Mm-hmm. And a, a different piece of gameplay, something you've never done before in the game. But I think that's the Elden Ring vibe too, right? The yeah. idea that what's around this corner, how do I mm-hmm. get there, mm-hmm. what is this thing? And they both have that, and yeah, we they said just do it differently. Hmm. Yeah, we yeah. said at the time, Elden Ring learned from Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure Breath of the Wild cribbed a few notes from Elden Ring last year, although it was probably mostly done by then. Like it's it's the difference between Eastern open world design and Western development yeah. philosophy open world design. Western Western devs are like, here's a map with a thousand fucking things on it. Uh please go check off the, the boxes. Eastern devs are like, here's a map. Go find what you want to do 
and yeah. uh, occasionally we'll put something on your map, or we'll we'll let you put something on a map to make fucking notes. But yeah. that's it. You know, well, you'll, it's not handholding. You'll like talk to a character and like, oh, I should go here, and then on the way to here, uh, you'll see a bunch of shit off in the background, and it's like, what's that glow? What's that undulating thing on the horizon? Yeah. I want to go and check Have that you, out right now. Did you guys get the Korok mask? No, the yet. mask that uh, it's a Korok leaf and it shakes every time you're close to one of like the twelve hundred Korok seeds. Oh, I should wow. so get that. I would equip it while traveling the destinations, and it'd go off like, and your mask starts shaking. And then I would like a fucking alcoholic Santa Claus careen my air bike into <laughs> yeah. the ground yeah. because I mean, it's I unbreakable. Shrine. It's yeah. shrine uh, radar does that for me right now. Right, is like a. You know, it's, like, oh, there's a shrine. It's fucking Although you gave away a big spoiler on a show, Chris, which I think what? is a spoiler. When you revealed the correlation between the shrines and the lights in the underground, like, that, mm. that oh, is yeah. a big deal. I, I think about that game. now every time I unlock one or the other. It's like, yeah, oh, there's it's, probably... That's how a... I knew I, I had everything, actually. Why, I... I don't just think about it. I go to my map and mark on the other yeah. version of that map yeah. where the other thing you probably would be. You don't have to do it. Be. It's just hitting up and down. Did you notice that? I noticed that just as a player, that, like... The light roots in the underground are the shrines spelled backwards on the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I was looking at the names of the light roots, I'm like, this is so foreign sounding. This isn't even normal Japanese. Like, what does this name even mean? And then I hit up on my map. I'm like, oh, this is at the same spot. Oh, this is the shrine in the mid area spelled backwards as a light root. Um, mm-hmm. it, it probably is a major spoiler, but it's just like, it's something I just did by it's hitting up. It's not really a spoiler. It's just something no. you noticed in the world. But, but once but again, you, once you heard, notice I, it, it's a big, it's kind I've of heard people like, uh, uh, cause, and I only noticed it because I was Googling one of the shrines and noticed like, did you mean this shrine? I'm like, oh, that's fucking the thing spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it felt like a, cause I've, that's the closest thing I've done to an intentional spoiler, but it's, it's how many revelatory things are in this fucking game. It's gorgeous, mm-hmm. man. Uh, it, it's something I don't think Breath of the Wild changed the games industry at all. <laughs> but, I do. Do you? Yeah. Yes. Kinda. I, I still think it's a new it's, way to look at open world games. Uh, yeah. Just uh, how? Where did where did that ripple go? Into what? Japanese open world game development. <laughs> Elden, Elden Ring. Ring is... By all means, poo poo my point and name it. I will. <laughs> That's not Elden Ring. Um, I mean FF sixteen, but like. I, I don't I think it was too hard to recreate in any meaningful way that nobody did it. And but I think this is going to sell an undeniable amount of money that someone's going to have to try again. I know your Genshin Impact. You could have said your Genshin Impact game, man. And <laughs> Oh, I'm a Honkai Star Rail guy now, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I will my last statement on on the Zelda game is um Weapon degradation still fucking sucks. Agreed, one hundred percent. It it sucks, but like no sugar coating uh, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like one of those things. Like I really appreciated Elden Ring afterwards because like there is never not a highly limited amount of enemies that are kind of annoying, but you can see uh, Nintendo is very committed to this design. They doubled down on it by making it a little more fun, but it's not quite enough fun uh, yeah. to continue engaging with. Like I was mining um, uh, Lynels mm-hmm. and I'd still have to go through like three weapons to like kill any Lynel. And yeah. if you equip, if you, if you, he's like the most powerful thing you can equip a weapon to. 
he'll still eat like two, uh, like one and a half of those per battle. Yeah. So it, that's what sucks no, is, no is the, the enemy scaling. The enemy scaling gives them more hit points. So even if you take, you know, as you level up, you can mm-hmm. find some higher level base weapons and then you can fuse them with higher level items to have higher weapon power. But because their hit points are scaling, it's like, yeah, I'm still breaking weapons on these guys. You know, like it's it's not it's just not a fun system for me. I get it. It's uh, that, to each I, their own. Was, so I, people I, don't I didn't mind have an much. idea to what extent regular enemies were scaling until I went to the last boss. And I have two extra stamina wheels and all but two hearts every shrine. There's, I haven't got all the Korok seeds, but there's nothing else I can unlock. There, I don't because the bosses are fixed, right? They're they're fixed hit points and difficulty, or do they scale? I cut through that like a heated knife through butter. Like it was, yeah. It was like, wow, you should have given me more of a challenge. I was way too fortified. Um, One shotted the entire end of the game. But I don't mind that. I mean, that's no, I for me. It. That's my reward for investing a hundred hours plus in a game. Is I should be godlike after a hundred hours. So the, the only thing okay I, I, I didn't. I don't know why this bothers me, but like you fight, beat the last boss, and then um, roll credits, end credits, cutscene, and like I thought they'd like start me in a world where this guy's gone, and I can keep going through objectives. You are sent back to your last save before that yeah, area. That sucks. Yeah, like uh, like uh, there is DLC coming for this. There has to be an end game, right? Like, uh, and I had I didn't do anything near a hundred percent. Well, I think Breath of the Wild did the same thing. Where yeah, like, yeah, you you beat Calamity again, and then it just sets you back to before you entered Hyrule Castle. Oh, like I'm Calamity Gaming, <laughs> boy! <did> yeah, <laughs> and and I just want to say, like, it is really weird because you get these. Not to get too spoilery, but one of the characters uh, encounters Ganondorf in the past, and was like, this Ganondorf guy sure is suspicious. And yeah. it's like, I don't connect him at all to Calamity Ganon. <laughs> right. right? It's just like, what is, is Ganondorf just like a common name in Hyrule? It's like, that uh, that Richard guy might, might be the biggest threat to our kingdom since Calamity Rich. I wonder if they're related in any way. Nah, it can't be the same. They, Not they at cut all. out the, the scene totally explaining it because it's too, it's too semi-racist. Like, dude, he's a Gerudo. You know how they do. <laughs> Anyway. Well, and he's only, isn't it like in the fiction, the male Gerudo are super rare. They're like once yeah. in a generation yeah. things Every anyway. hundred years, yeah. yeah. I, um, that actually, another slight complaint. I mean, I you learn why it's called Tears of the Kingdom, and that's mm-hmm. how you sort of unlock the story with the tears. But like, you can go to any of those at any time. And so really I kind cool. of felt like I got major story spoilers yeah. just because I had explored in, in a certain location. Like, oh God, I... Yeah. I feel like I should I, I didn't that, earn that cinematic that was really <laughs> cool and modern and like requires you to pay attention because you need to piece those together later on. Uh, yeah. it's not super hard to retain and you can access them at any time. I just thought it was yeah. weird that like talking specifically about the geoglyphs and how you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. find a tier there. Yeah, but, but yeah. what I'm saying is I I kind of found one of the later ones yeah. very early in the game. Me and too. so I'm like, oh god, I I know where this, this is, is going. Like, so. I've got I still got eight of these to find, and I feel like I already know exactly how it's gonna end. Uh, yeah, well yes, but it also yeah. like those spoilers are like Ah, Ganon betrayed people. <laughs> what? what? Well one of out one of, of them is Zelda's yeah, fate. Out of nowhere. Bigger, you should have right? Jim Ross yeah. in there commentating on it. What a shock it is that uh Ganon- By God! <laughs> By God, Ganondorf has picked up a chair. <laughs> uh turns out has Ganondorf witness. was only wanting to th- overthrow Hyrule so he could donate to children's charities. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> I did not see that coming. 
There you're, but like a, a really sweeping and, and beautiful little tale there. And I don't care about Zelda stories at all. I keep yelling about like, there's Nintendo's going to make a Zelda adaptation. I'm like, there is the medium of film has nothing to offer the Zelda franchise at all. That is not what's special about Zelda. Never has been. And, but this is a little closer to being something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless that movie is a choose your own adventure that lets me unlock whatever scene I want to and choose multiple paths, then it's not really Zelda. Yeah, I've never seen a movie with a medieval setting where this one destined hero fights a destined bad guy in it. (laughs) Yeah, great. Make that movie if you need to. But I mean, I think you could make a decent Zelda movie, but not a Breath of the Wild Zelda movie. Like, I, I feel like... Adapt Ocarina of Time. Adapt Link to the Past. Adapt Either one Super of the Mario Brothers stories Super or make Show. an original one. Excuse me, princess. Yeah, like I was saying, <laughs> Steve. Steve Martin. Steve Martin should play Link. <laughs> Give him uh, back his catchphrase. I can't see anybody. If you hadn't seen that Beavis and Butthead cut, where the, like Beavis is the voice of Link the whole time, it is. Yeah. Every time he jumps, he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, this is a beautiful experience to the point where my my dad has heard of it. And today, he's like, "What's this new Nintendo system?" I'm like new Nintendo? Oh God! Like I and I I like how do you explain the Switch to someone who hasn't heard about it in six years? So it's portable. <sighs> it's, <laughs> it's both. Oh God! Let me. So I'm like, yeah. look, I'm leaving, and I'm gonna go send. I'm gonna send you a video and have it. Where's the controllers? Like. They're on the touch. Oh my God. It's going to take so long. But, uh, but like it, it, what if this sells so many copies and switches, which I believe the switch ended up being the best selling console this week as well. That we, we prolong this console cycle based on the success of this game. This is doing something for a Nintendo platform that no Mario game has done in at least a generation. It's fucking weird. That Zelda Zelda's have always felt like maybe portable movers, but never mm-hmm. home console sellers, just like gifts to Nintendo I mean, fans. I, I feel like Twilight Princess was like every when I when I went and stood in line game. to buy my Wii, like everyone. Game. Yeah. But everyone was asking for Yeah, Twilight but it's like Princess. almost Zelda's never a launch game. It's just mm. been twice the last two yeah, times. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And and but that that's and even then I think I looked it up, it was like number seventeen out of twenty. Like Wario Land Shake It sold more than <laughs> than Twilight Princess. Mario Kart outsells everything. And then whatever Wii Sports thing, that always outsells everything else. Uh never mind, I'm rambling. But Animal Crossing is a okay. huge thing. Uh but uh yeah. There you have it. Game of the year, yeah, Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Horizons. Oh, Once again, congratulations. Uh, uh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, ticks of the talk. Uh, as I as I want to call it, every time I see that yeah. T-O-T-K. Every time it's abbreviated. I think it's, I think it's, did I just buy TikTok stock? Yeah. And <laughs> turns out, can't afford it. No, um, I did not. Yeah. I really want to go play it right now. So on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. Hope you liked our top five games of the year so far. Get excited. Get pumped, everybody. We're going to go out on no sequel from Sludge Life 2 or Sludge Life Twice, which came out this week, so stay tuned.
get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Why do you see Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, very Most expensively good. built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where, oh, ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket, you know, with the with the conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only $70. Damn, really? Which, which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're just going to dive headlong into... A few things out this week. Final Fantasy sixteen. obviously, we've already Never talked to of- death. No, no. Um, <laughs> AEW Fight Forever. Chris, is that in your wheelhouse at all? Uh, it's only a big deal just because WWE has had a, a lockdown on the entire wrestling industry for so long. And if you don't remember, 2K, WWE 2K, when they went over to the 2K company, they fired Ukes. I don't know if they fired them. They separated with Ukes, who had made all the WWE games for the last 20 years. So now Ukes, the makers of all the WWE games, which people either think are the greatest or the worst than Hitler mm-hmm. are now <laughs> are now making the competitors game and it, if you haven't been following it it's just a hilarious nonstop the guy running AEW is a billionaire's son seems like a nice guy likes the business kind of doesn't know what he's what several of the people in the game on the cover are on WWE CM Punk no one knew if he was going to be in the game until like a week ago and because he had not been at the company in 10 months and everybody was talking shit about one another. It's so, this is like, I'm only interested in this game because it's one piece, one more piece of drama in both games and wrestling. I'm sure it'll be six to seven out of 10. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. But like, if you want, a, if you want an alternative to WWE and wrestling, there's AEW. If you want an alternative in gaming, there's now an alternative. With real wrestlers in it. Uh, and Michael, the best thing, the absolute best thing uh, about this game. Mm-hmm. You know who Owen Hart is, Michael? I, Jesse? I've heard the name. Owen yeah. Hart is the one in this country, I believe, no one has died in a wrestling ring. That has happened in Japan and in Mexico, but it hasn't really happened here. But Owen Hart famously wasn't harnessed correctly. Dropped down right. in a WWE Help. pay-per-view and died in the ring. And his and his wife has been like, fuck the company that killed my husband. I'm not going to license his footage to them. And I'm not going to license his likeness to them. And for the first time in 20 years, she, she got in league with AEW. So you get to play a game as Owen Hart, which I won't do it. But I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Because Owen Hart is the shit. One of the nicest, best guys in wrestling who you can finally play as a game 
Pittman because his wife hates Vince McMahon so much. <laughs> Good for <laughs> He's her. in this game. Uh, it's that That's great. Oh, exclusive Owen Hart. Hmm. All right. Uh, everybody, one, two, switch. Party game on switch. Woo! Two to a hundred players. Not, I don't. I can't imagine any of us are going to spend a lot of time. I, I just, if you, there was a rumor out there that like they announced this, it was tested, everybody hated it, and it was being unceremoniously dropped. Is it a digital exclusive? It might be low cost digital exclusive. Uh, quietly going out there because one of the silliest things at the Switch launch was one two every everybody switch. What was it called? One two switch. One two switch. Yeah, it's. It's the worst. It's awful. It that is was like the, the, the hot dog eating game. The only game that I know of that you actually uses like the the motion sensor no, it had, it at the had bottom a cow of the milking game. Uh, where you too. jerk off a cow's udder. It, with it the, had the, both. The they can have both. <laughs> <laughs> it's very diversified. <laughs> uh, but like, imagine WarioWare, but with Getty Images stock mm-hmm. image people uh, winning corporate events. That's what One Two Switch is. It's the worst. It is the worst gaming has to offer, and I, I hope no one talks about it again. <laughs> well, how about Ghost Trick Phantom Detective? We all love that. Ghost Trick is great. I'm glad it's coming out yeah. to other <laughs> platforms. Finally, HD, it's been trapped on DS forever and then went and to iOS and iPhone. it disappeared. Yeah. Um, After iPhone 6. I, I'm i not happy about it because I might have pilfered several sealed copies of a game that was never supposed to get re-released. Mm-hmm. Looking to sell them someday to pay for my kids' college, hmm. and but whatever. Ghost Trick is amazing. Cecil is great. Deserves yeah. some kind of resurrection. I think he had some like playable costumes in one of the NBCs, but uh, mm-hmm. you've largely been un- unable to discover this person in the continued adventures of Missile, yeah. the Pomeranian who testifies in Ace Attorney. Cecil and Missile. Cecil and Missile, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, if you haven't played it, uh, and odds are you probably haven't. It is a fantastic puzzle game where, like, you see someone die, and then you get to rewind time to just before the moment of death and figure out, like, okay, I'm a ghost. I can manipulate objects. How do I manipulate objects to prevent this murder from happening? It's 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 interesting. It's like possessing an... Not unlike the rewind feature in Tears of the Kingdom, if mm-hmm. I can get the kids in for a second. The mm-hmm. kids. The 35-year-olds. <laughs> uh, possessing every object in, in the house can sort of help you get a memory from inanimate objects of what was happening around this entire sequence. Um, kind of be, mm-hmm. being able to forensically possess things to solve crimes. It's and a neat I, trick. Yep. It's a ghost trick. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played a bit of Sludge Life 2. Did y'all ever play Sludge Life 1? No. You know I'm about that Sludge, mm-hmm. Sludge Life 1. They're very similar games where it, it's, it's kind of hip-hop themed but you are exploring an open world of just like weirdness surrounded by miles and miles of sludge and uh it just it's just sort of like it's difficult to understand actually what the point is or what you're supposed to do this is like i'm just wandering around and talking to people people are saying silly shit and uh, then, you know, I can find like, oh, here's an album by this rapper I'm representing who disappeared somewhere and I'm trying to find him. Uh, I can listen to this and I can take snapshots of like a model who will change his pose with every photo I snap uh, and get an unpaid job with the local newspaper. 
and uh, push a button to endlessly feed a dog a hot dog that slowly extrudes from the front of a stand in just one long, unbroken snake. That uh, should be illegal. There's a reason they put twists in them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but, if it's if it doesn't have a sausage twist, it's just a turd. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's a meat turd. So it's a game where you just spray paint stuff. I'm trying to. I, I'm yeah. looking at the trailer, just blown away by this thing. I don't know what this is, and I kind of love it. Yeah, that's it's it's spray painting shit, talking to people, climbing around on shit, looking for secrets. One of the, I think it was Eurogamer's review might have said like, it's basically a moment frozen in time that you're exploring. Like you know, people will talk to you, but they don't really do anything they just stand there in in their space and repeat the same lines so it's it's just about exploration every once in a while you'll find something i don't want to spoil the stuff that i found but like okay this moves and it reacts to you and oh holy shit what's happening how do i get out of here i gotta get out here right now this is terrifying okay back to normal exploration now i'm gonna go over and listen to the song about how cigarettes are for kids and (laughs) (laughs) like yeah, it, this this hotel that you're at is like the Siggy Sig uh, hotel, like hotel, and um, your your uh, the rapper you're representing got really big after he recorded a song about cigarettes and everyone's smoking. There's like a competitive smoking uh, contest ongoing that's being filmed, and you can just like walk right out in front of it, and it's it's silly. It's a silly game, uh, but you know. It's worth the twenty bucks, I think. It's it's like the the epitome of open world indie game. Uh, <laughs> and Dave the Diver hit official release, which is a wonderful indie game that is a combination roguelite undersea spear fishing game crossed with a diner dash style restaurant management uh, mini game. So you're you're Dave. You go diving during the day. You uh, look for useful items and hit hunt fish with a spear gun. Then you bring the fish to your sushi restaurant and uh, pick the menu. And then as people order stuff, you have to bring it to them before they get frustrated and leave. Oh, and then I assume you make the money, buy mm-hmm. the equipment, go back. Exactly. More and, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Speaking yeah. of bad Vince McMahon wrestlers, Dave the Diver. That sounds like <laughs> a 90s character out the ass. Comes out in a scuba suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's move along to news. Oh boy, I uh, I normally don't do this, but this week there's kind of like one news story that has dominated the news cycle that is generated several smaller news stories. There's a couple others at the end here, but I think we're going to spend most of our time. Boy, it is really fun when these big gaming companies go to court, is it not? Because this Microsoft Mm. FTC thing is fucking insane. It's so (laughs) weird because it should be a marriage, yet it feels like the equivalent of a public divorce because a bunch of dirty laundry gets aired. (laughs) Right, yeah, well, it's it's like... It's more a custody battle between Microsoft and Sony over Call of Duty is really yeah. what mm-hmm. it is morphed into. <laughs> it's, it's like you got Phil Spencer on one side and Jim Ryan on the other. And boy, it, it's much like, what was it, uh, Epic versus Apple a little while ago. Right, like yeah. Just being in court, there's so much that comes out with all the disclosures and then the testimony. Um, let's just say it's airing, I don't, I don't know that I'd call it dirty laundry of the industry, but there's like a lot of stuff that like, 
typically as an industry insider, I, I may know about, but I certainly can't talk about it. But boy, they can in, in court. It's so. fucking weird, and I don't. I won't pretend to be smart enough to know what's going on because, as far as I know, a giant company is buying a giant company. Yet, like, here's what was found in disclosure, and like, why do I know this? Like, <laughs> why is there a Public situation records, where I was the press this? did their job and they looked into the the, the things that were filed? Prior no, I know. To and the only only other thing I want to yell about is that like. This is, I think, as a result of, like, you know, lawsuits, antitrust nonsense. Not nonsense. Fuck monopolies, all that. But, but like, uh, uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Damn it! Uh, oh, how much <laughs> is this costing the taxpayer? Because a lot of this is going... Like, who's paying for all this? Right. On, well, the on, lawyers from the FTC said, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, right. like this is taking forever, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> well, well, part of the reason we're hearing about it now is they're, they're kind of under this false deadline or they're it's basically i think they have to get the deal done by july 18th otherwise uh microsoft and activision need to come to they have to come to an agreement again like hey that we will keep negotiating mm. or there's like an out clause where like microsoft has to pay activision like three billion or something like oh, that like, like just like for, why elon musk bought twitter mm, he legally yeah. had to yeah yeah that's right he was up against similar pressure um like get the deal done or else right yeah so, he was gonna he had to buy them or pay like what was it, one to four billion dollars for wasting their time. So let's just go through some of the reveals. We're only at day four, I think it is. And so there's probably going to be some more juicy tidbits released after we record this. But let's, let's go over what... So prior to the trial, a couple things. We joked a few months ago. <laughs> somewhat, some execs from Microsoft were basically doing something they normally would never do and touting their position in third place. <laughs> basically saying like, hey, this right. can't possibly be a monopoly. We, we, we're terrible. <laughs> they did that again. This time they publicly admitted that they've lost the console war. I don't know who was still fighting, but they've admitted that they've lost it at this point. So, uh, yeah. RIP? I don't know. I mean, they're still around. Those were, those still were weird statements. Like, we're, we're not even a monopoly. We're losers. Like, look, <laughs> look at our market <laughs> right. share. I thought they said we that like so a terrible. couple months ago. They did, but this time they've, they've now, it's kind of on the record in court where mm. they, they're... That is their official line. Well, they're also saying they, they can't continue to remain competitive without this deal. I think that's that's some that's hmm. something they're trying to sell. Like, like that's their plan, right? Yeah, Call of Duty is the only thing that can save us. It's not. It's it'll only benefit consumers. Well, like, but remember, they're months. not. They're not. No, no, no. Microsoft is not saying Call of Duty will save us. Right. Microsoft is saying True. the opposite. They're like, hey, no, Call of Duty's not a unicorn. Uh, versus Sony saying, no, Call of Duty's this big unicorn. It's once of a, one of a kind franchise. Because Microsoft is kind of saying, oh, no, it's, it's about mobile. So as part of the, the disclosures prior to the trial, um, a lot of stuff came to public light that Microsoft has been shopping for a while for companies to kind of fill their business or content gaps. So... Mm-hmm. Amongst the companies mentioned, and this is not like rumor, this is like unofficial memos, like strategy yep. memos. Uh, Sega was listed, and uh, full disclosure, I am a Sega employee. Uh, IO Interactive, so the Hitman folks were listed. Oh yeah, and they also had listed like why they didn't buy them, or what's a what's a con. It was like, wow, that's so mean from like a first party publisher. We could buy the Hitman developer. Con. They can't seem to develop anything popular that isn't Hitman. Like, ouch, guys. <laughs> wow. We're <Man>. trying. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Square ended up on their target list uh, at one point. Luck. So, Good luck. Know, um, Square, who just released a, a PlayStation exclusive Final Fantasy 16. The second one uh, in 
eight months. Yeah, right, because Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm sure that, that was one of the reasons. Because a lot of these, these were like as recently as 2020, these memos were being sent out, mm-hmm. you know, so. Uh, Zynga was on the list before 2K, or, or Take-Two, I'm sorry, bought Zynga. Uh, Microsoft evaluated that because they've said part of the, their interest in Activision is King. It's the mobile stuff, and, and so Zynga was going to help them fill that gap. Bungie again, which is so funny because it's like, didn't you used to own Bungie? Then you got rid of them. And yeah. I, I'm surprised they're not treating you know Call of Duty like, like no, we don't even we're, – we're just totally all about King. We don't want Call of Duty. In <laughs> fact, we're trying to get rid of Call of Duty. We left it on the street corner, and nobody True. took it. Uh, we've already got Halo. We don't need two first-person shooter juggernauts. Not okay. We gotta get rid of We're one. Only of these. in this for Cabela Buck Hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the unstoppable right. franchise. Of course. of course. So yeah, I mean, I think um, it is when you read these memos and you really see, like, oh yeah, this is what Microsoft totally recognizes, like where their gaps are. Like they're not good at mobile. Mm-hmm. They need more mobile stuff. And um, I like the even people in the Laser Time community seem to reiterate. We caught a glimpse of that alternate alternate reality where Microsoft bought Sega because when they launched the Xbox. Right around the time Sega went multi-platform, the Xbox was like, yeah, all these Sega franchises, treat them like AAA. We got Panzer Dragon Orta and Crazy Taxi 3, one of my favorite Crazy Taxis ever, Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, Nintendo got most of the Sonic stuff, but like, holy crap, it was like a really cool time for to be a Sega fan when the Xbox came out. I would have liked more futures like that. Nothing against Sega now, Matt. Miss Doug, <laughs> I, I did own an Xbox back then, and I did benefit from uh, all of those uh, platform exclusives. There's a Crazy Taxi bowling mini game that is one of my favorite stupid things I've ever played. Wanted again. Is it as good as the Tekken bowling mini, oh, bowling Tekken, mini games? I do love Tekken tier. bowling. Oh. oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's see other stuff. Um, more interesting reveals. Uh, one one Microsoft studio head Matt Booty. Ah. Uh, we're allowed to laugh that at that. At now, one right? point. <laughs> In a 2019 memo, he he's on the record saying that Microsoft could just spin Sony out of business, which is probably not a great look. But uh, is, is that's like a real thing, though, right? Yeah. Because Microsoft is Microsoft, not just Xbox. Yes. And if they like spent that Microsoft money, they really yeah. could just buy up everyone if they wanted to, and then Game Pass it, and no one else could yeah. keep up. Yeah, right? I think that that's what he was kind of hinting at. He's like, look, our strength is content. You know, it's it's these brands we have, and, and that's where we're king. Um, and, yeah, basically with Game Pass, they could just theoretically buy all that stuff up. So, uh, absolutely, you know that um, the FTC and, and Sony by proxy are probably pointing to that memo like, check this out. Um, Actually, what, what, what... Bobby Kotick had to take the stand, was, uh, and Bobby had... Uh, what was really interesting to me is they you saw, like, a couple of leaked emails about the plans for Game Pass, like, when it was, like pretty small and it just reminded me like this is still a giant gamble but it's the only play microsoft kind of has left is this is all they can do we have to do something radically different in order to survive in the console space and it just reminded me like oh yeah this could still not work actually so jim ryan had some comments on game pass uh he so sony's head jim ryan he basically says like game pass he has talked to publishers and he says Game Pass destroys value of franchises. So that's why Sony has never taken that same path and same tact of the day and date release stuff. It's like, yeah, if everyone just knows they can get a game for their $15 subscription, it devalues the games. Right? Yeah, especially when like, uh, like I didn't pick up the Dead Space remake. That's maybe why it's not on the game of the year list because 
there is a fucking schedule to EA games hitting Game Pass, and I'm like, eh, I got stuff to play. I can wait for five months and play Dead Space for nothing. Yeah, um, one interesting note about Game Pass. So Sarah Bond from Microsoft, mm. she went on record. Uh, remember how the UK, they turned down this deal pointing to like Xbox's Monopoly. competitive advantage in the, in the cloud, cloud streaming yeah. Cloud gaming, space? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome, yeah. And at the time, we were all like, a, that's not true, because Sony actually was in cloud gaming first when they bought Gaikai or whatever, but B, like, nobody uses it. She is on record saying, like, yeah, the least used feature of Game Pass is that streaming. Like, nobody's they, doing they it. They said outright, people use it to try out games before they download them. Yes. Because I, I forget, yes. I'm only a recent, like, unlimited fiber guy because I finally got a competitor in my town that I, I can't just download things willy-nilly, but I used... Fuck no! Like when I downloaded like, Gears and Warzone, that was like over like like two tenths of my internet expenditure. Like I, I had to like be very careful, and I didn't even think of cloud gaming as like oh yeah, you can like look and see what something is before you want to invest your bandwidth in it. Holy shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. never thought of it mm-hmm. like that. That is a really expensive demo <laughs> uh, demo <laughs> prospect, by the way. But yeah, that's that's what Microsoft said. The majority of people use it to try a game before they. Download it, not buy it. Download it. Yeah, they view it as a feature. What she said, the, they view it as a feature of the console, not like this thing where I'm going to subscribe to Game Pass because of the streaming capability. Yeah. Right? Is it's a value add, and I think that's what we. That's what at least I've been saying mm-hmm. is like, hey, this thing. It seems much more like a value add. Like, hey, it's a nice to have as part of the subscription, but the main event, of course, are the games right. in that subscription. Um, some other interesting tidbits. So. Uh, <laughs> There was a, a, a memo that they were trying to redact, but they didn't. They didn't like color over the text, oh, no. like deep enough, and so you could see numbers oh. through it. Um, so some of the numbers that were revealed there, and I think the memo got, got taken down, but it was like just in the U.S. alone in 2021, uh, Call of Duty generated 800 million dollars for Jeez. PlayStation. Now Wait, they what? didn't say if that was PlayStation's cut. You know, or if that was like just total, the the games sold that much in right. revenue mm. across all the Call of Duty games. I, I would assume the latter, because like, I, I don't know that. That'd be, but it, that'd it's basically either like, one is fucking nuts. Well, no, no, the, the, right? Just one game, one game series. The, la- the latter one was one nuts. If, like their thirty percent cut across the entire Call of Duty series, which like, there's if you look, they treat they treat like the last nine Call of Duty games, like AAA games, all the time. They're full price. Unless they come to Game Pass or PS Plus, which one just did. Cold War, the one from, like, how long ago? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't even keep track now. now yeah. Actually, don't assume it's 30%, by the way, because one thing that was revealed. Oh. Bobby Kotick, he, let's call it a, well, I'll put it bluntly. It's It seems like he, he strong-armed Microsoft into oh. taking a different revenue split, where he basically was like, I will not put a, a Call of Duty on your platform if you don't give me a better rev share. Ooh. And apparently he got it. I didn't see what the what the share was, but like uh, that got revealed. D- okay, this wow. got revealed. So speaking of more numbers, guess how much Horizon Forbidden West and The Last of Us 2 cost to make, according to what Was that? I didn't see that. I think I saw uh, that. That was like in the low hundred millions. Two hundred million each, just oh, to man. make. That doesn't include marketing. Wow, that's, that's like uh, insane. That's like uh, that's like Flashpoint numbers. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's that's movies nowadays have ballooned to what? Some are about, like three hundred million or more. Yeah, plus right? marketing like a, and distribution, it's about a three hundred million dollar endeavor to release a summer tentpole. Yeah, and we all know the potential of a game if it hits. Right. 
is they could easily a game can easily make that much back if it's like a huge smashing success, right? But like, just think of like, so, so if it's two hundred million, let's just assume we know Sony doesn't make the full amount of that right. uh, at least at retail, right? Because they the retailer has to take their cut and stuff. So I'm just you know let's just assume it's half that or whatever they get after after marketing fees and after everything it's half that. So thirty bucks per unit. And the thing costs two hundred million to make. Like that's that's a lot of games. I'm, you I'm raising sell. my hand from what I remember being in publishing in the game press. Uh, Matt, it's a loss leader. Oh. Well, that that that's <laughs> the other thing is like, yeah, they can say, well, this thing's really sort of an ad for our console, right? Mm-hmm. So you you could absolutely write that cost off. Um, let's see. Oh, so Bobby also had some other <laughs> other interesting Bobby. tidbits he revealed. Bobby Kotick. Uh, first off, yeah, he's he's obviously not interested in platform exclusivity, which we all know would be the case. And he was like, okay, let's just say, you know how everyone was saying that that Activision would intentionally make the PlayStation versions of the game worse. After Hobble it, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Kotick is on record of being like, that is stupid. Like, why would we ever do that to ourselves? Which we all said at the time. The other tidbit he revealed is like when Activision first saw the Nintendo Switch hardware... His his thoughts were like they were not impressed, mm-hmm. um, and then remarkably he admitted they were completely wrong because of just obviously how successful the Switch at Switch is. But this is really interesting. He was saying you know now with the inevitable Switch successor, of course Activision will take that more seriously. And he was I can't tell if he was speculating or maybe he's seen something, but he was saying like he thinks that the power of whatever the next Switch will be will be on par with Xbox One, PlayStation 4 generation. Oh, good for them, catching up like that. <laughs> it's not, I mean, based on what we know Nintendo's strategy is, they're, they're not, I don't think, have they ever been the cutting-edge hardware-wise? Like, was GameCube the last GameCube, time they tried yeah. to really chase the power yeah. side of things? Yeah, I think so, and I GameCube think, GameCube was know, mildly better than PS2. Tra- trailing behind the others made them decide, like, okay, to hell with this we're, yeah, we're, we're just gonna focus on the fun we're not gonna be pushing the technology envelope so that yeah the wii was basically on par with the gamecube it was maybe a little more powerful mm-hmm. used full-sized dvds but eh. not not wii motion plus powerful but powerful nonetheless <laughs> sure i think that there was another news story in that yeah uh, yeah yeah that that because call of duty is such an important game series in Microsoft owning it, they Sony would have to reveal its in, the PS6 infrastructure to Microsoft, which they said like oh, we're really not doing that. You yeah. do not. They said yeah if yeah if this goes through, they said straight up they will not share dev kits with Activision. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> wow, oh, man. <laughs> which is sort of the opposite of what Microsoft has done, right? Like Microsoft is like yeah, I'm, we're trying to put our games everywhere. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think Sony is saying that that's like a domino effect mm-hmm. that we can't share because you could just take our proprietary stuff with the PS6 to Xbox. So we'd have to give you a PS5, which means you're making the next Call of Duty for PS5 rather than PS6. And so that puts us in a worse place. So that makes this deal even worse than what you're thinking it is. I mean, now that we have an $800 million a year figure, like, holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. That's like casino money. I I think I read today that uh, within... Microsoft that Bethesda sent an email to Xbox that was like, hey, yeah, so we saw all this stuff about how Call of Duty yep. was going to be on different platforms. Why is Starfield only on Xbox? Yeah, We're right. the third place console. You said we're third place. You're holding us back. 
what's that about? And then they were like, Todd Howard's going to have to go answer this. And it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you see the thing, though, that like one of the reasons Microsoft bought Bethesda was they were hearing that Starfield was not going to be on Xbox. So that was right. their way of locking it in. Like, okay, we better make huh. sure that's going to be huge. Like, Because the, uh, yeah, the it's, few previous games from Bethesda were PlayStation timed exclusives. Wow. Yep. Could have been the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because my PS5 won't quit yelling at me to resync my (laughs) Ghostwire Tokyo data. And I just said, (laughs) who cares? Like, why do you keep asking me this? It's Yeah. Uh, For me, it's Sifu. Uh... Yeah. Every time I start up Final Fantasy 16, bring, don't forget Mm -hmm. about Ghostwire Tokyo. All those those years ago you played it. Like, what is wrong with you? It's funny you mentioned um, Final Fantasy 16 and Jesse, you mentioned the the Starfield exclusivity. Because, yeah, actually, that's one thing. You know, for a while there, the message I think Sony was putting out there is like, hey, if Call of Duty becomes platform exclusive, that would be really bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, once you get in core, Jim Ryan's on record being like, yeah, the Starfield exclusivity, that's not... I think his exact quote was like, that's not really not competitive. Because I think he has to acknowledge, like, well, Sony does that all the time. Like, they just did that with Final Fantasy 16. Like, right. platform exclusives happen. And so, you know, he's basically on the record being like, and, yeah, that that's not so. And I, I don't, I, I, I feel like I tend to champion this deal because I do, as a Game Pass subscriber, see the benefits for me. I am not immune to those. I, but those are immediate benefits. And it did remind me of when Disney started buying everybody like Marvel and Star Wars. They had to make certain assurances like, we're not going to compete in the movie theater space. We'll make sure. Instead, they found all new ways to throw their weight around. And the one people didn't see coming, they were just like, yeah, you want Star Wars in your movie theater? Uh, You have to program it in a third of your theater for, for how long? Five months. People only watch movies for the first two months. You need to keep our movie in your theater for five months or you do not get it. They found all new ways to throw, screw over film distributors, uh, movie theaters, with uh, ways they promised they – with ways that weren't even brought up in court because nobody thought of them. And, and Disney's still doing that. I mean, did you see that Phil – so Phil Spencer, when he testified, they reminded him. It was, it was just something straight off TV. They're like, we remind you, sir, you're under oath. <laughs> He's on the record saying, like, I will do everything in my power to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, right? So they've, they've been signing all these distribution deals. They signed one with Nintendo. They tried to get Valve to sign one, and Valve's like, we just don't sign those kind of ex- deals, you know, long-term 10-year deals or whatever. But they're, they're anyone who will sign one to get past the regulators, I think mm-hmm. the UK is what started all this. They're like, yeah, we'll sign a deal, put Call of Duty on your platform for 10 years, right? Which is like... Seems very charitable until you realize, well, they would be making money off that game on all those platforms. Oh, yeah, so even, of course. Actually- <laughs> even something dumb like, yeah, we'll, we'll sell these on all your platforms forever. Or we'll bundle it with ours for nothing. But <laughs> the, the hottest game, imagine like the number one selling game every year just being bundled into your, oh, Nintendo, right. Uh, they do that all the time. <laughs> but it's a- <laughs> Plus in the gaming space, like 10 years is becoming less and less time when you have $800 million, $200 million games that take five yeah. years to make. That's right. That's right. Well, actually, this it's funny you mentioned it, Jesse, because one of the things that came out that we all kind of suspected, but man, to hear it admitted in court, The Elder Scrolls Six is at least another five years away. It's crazy. Uh, and that was, you know, a reveal. Uh, and then, yeah, the PlayStation version is undecided, right? So they're still like, eh, we don't know if that would come to PlayStation, but man... 
that fucking logo, when was that logo announcement of that game? 2018, 2019? Matt, Matt, you and I are going to be 50 when it comes out. (laughs) We're going to play, are you playing the next Elder Scrolls when we're 50? No. No, you'll be playing, you'll be playing the Apple Vision Pro 2 version of Skyrim. That's what you would be playing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Michael, you know, to, to add on to that, because I saw an article the other day about this person, I think it was the anniversary of his death. We'll be older than Michael Jackson was when he died. We will have oh, outlived God. Michael Jackson at that point. Uh, I've outlived most of the best wrestlers at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. we just on thirty twenty ten, we found out like a Spanky, oh, the Little Rascals. I am less than I am less than twenty years. <laughs> he he died somewhat. He was younger than I expected and died somewhat recently. And I am less than twenty years younger than Spanky when he died. Spanky Jesus. from the Little Rascals. That's the that's the kind of life I'm asking for. Sixty two, give it to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. give, give, <laughs> all I need. He was my favorite little right. rascal. I'll just I'll just go on record saying. Um, <laughs> sorry for that horrible detour. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know. All you Darla fans, sorry to learn that mm-hmm. Matthew Allen loves Spanky, but mm-hmm. uh, it is, is what it is. Um, one other reveal. So Microsoft thinks. Um, well, I guess this would be five years from now. They think that's when the next generation of consoles... God, I just put that together. So are they saying that Elder Scrolls 6 will not be on this gen and is going to be next gen? Because that's when they anticipate the next generation of consoles would be, is 2028. Then they can double dip and get it on the 5 and 6 or whatever, or Xbox 2. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The Xbox TWO? I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that you're right. That or or because of the whole backwards compat thing, that they seems to be sort of a mandate with them. Doesn't really even matter, right? It'll it'll be on both regardless. So yeah, but uh, look forward to 2028 for the apparent next gen of consoles, which is kind of weird. But like five years will go by in a blink of an eye for me. So yeah, okay, I'm hmm. fine with that. Yeah. Again, this is like your parents arguing and, and revealing all your Christmas presents for the next few years. A <laughs> little bit, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, some of this stuff, I'm just like, you know, I wish I didn't know that about this side of the business, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So, uh, let's see. Oh, you know, 2028, though, might be enough time, if we're lucky, <laughs> to bring about the next version of Perfect Dark. Because I don't know if you guys saw that article on IGN. There's like a whole expose. Um, that project is in like Duke Nukem Forever territory, it oh, seems. Dear. kind of fraught with... Uh, some setbacks let's just say and they're they're saying that one is at least another five years plus away which explains why i mean whenever that was announced back when it was like we have not seen a peep of that game since you know it's it's been sequel to the 2005 xbox 360 smash hit perfect dark zero that's that's what i was like i was like dude who will even remember that franchise (laughs) then i remember the xbox 360 game and i'm like yeah but that's not fondly no. remembered so this is a no. franchise <laughs> that is cruising on one well-remembered mm. game that was an unofficial follow-up to goldeneye on the n64 generation mm-hmm. i i hear it's gonna come in like a bundle with beyond good and evil 2 <laughs> it's gonna release both at the same time <laughs> i promise yeah i'm looking forward to it and duke nukem 4 you know. it's gonna be awesome <laughs> it's gonna be great you're going to have to ride a Skull and Bones naval vessel to go pick up your pre-order with that one. Michael can't say anything because he works for Ubisoft, and I'm out. so sorry to do that joke, Michael. Yeah. Or, uh, or Starcraft Ghost. <laughs> it's or coming. Panzer Dragoon Saga 2, Matt. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, what? I just came back into the room. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. There it is. 
We weren't talking about Ubisoft. Don't worry, Michael. It's I won't. It's I good. trust you guys. You're my uh-huh. friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just doing the math. When did the original Perfect Dark come out? It had to have been was, late 90s, right? I want to say, like, 97, 98, maybe? I th- yeah, I think it's... Yeah, GoldenEye was probably, 97, No, probably close to 2000. Yeah, 99 this or 2000. We just so if this say next things game's before looking five years up. off, if the next game's five years off, that is thirty years after the franchise originated, <laughs> and it's had one good game in that time. Like, yeah, two thousand. You got to earn. You got to earn that franchise label, right? And like one good game, perhaps does not a franchise make, but I, I guess people really remember that thing fondly. So it was it was really good, you know, in two thousand. Certainly, it was like <laughs> the closest thing N sixty four had to Deus Ex. I've never so, heard it described yeah. like that, but oh, awesome. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably a bit of a reach, but... Yeah, I had always just heard it's like, yeah, if you like GoldenEye... Shit, right? yeah. Yeah, if you like GoldenEye and Railguns, uh, mm-hmm. Perfect Dark is for you, so... Sure. But uh, let's see, last bit of news. Um, speaking of things taking a little while, Nintendo uh, went out there. Chris, you actually uh, brought up the story, so do you want, oh, do you I want got, to kind of I was give us the, the by highlights? It because uh, during a shareholder meeting... Nintendo very lightly confirmed, like, we're committed to make something, the quote of, we're committed to making a smooth transition via everyone's Nintendo online account, which for anybody else wouldn't sound like anything. But the second, like, I was like, oh, God, thank you. They didn't mention anything about backwards compatibility or whether your purchases would carry over, but they wouldn't be starting from fresh with a new ecosystem, to which I loaded up my Nintendo online app and I looked at my My Nintendo account and my My Nintendo account network ID and all this other shit Nintendo has made you do every single time they decide they want to do a different kind of store. They have not had the same store ever. Not ever. And if you even... Do you even remember Miitomo? Yes. <laughs> that was how they, like, launched the like one of the services, like My Network ID, to, like, make you sign in to, like, a Nintendo Xbox Live ecosystem. It is still attached to your current Nintendo thing, even though it is useless, gone, doesn't work. I, I, I saw my, my My Network Nintendo ID. Uh, very, very weird. But just saying that they're going to be doing that at all is a big, again, rubbing Nintendo's head like a good, dumb kid. That is good for you. You are so good. Good Nintendo. <laughs> you, you just answered one of the questions I had when I saw this because they announced there were 290 million Nintendo accounts. I'm like, how? Like, there's not 290 million Switches out there. And then, and then you just reminded me. Well, yeah, they, they it's me. They Trojan horse Animal Crossing. A lot game. of that stuff through mobile. The me remember me Tomo was a thing. It was like a phenomenon for like two weekends and they like yanked it off the iPhone store yeah. but it got everybody to sign up for these Nintendo accounts which are still tied to in most cases to your Nintendo account because they didn't launch their system with it <laughs> they've had online accounts now well let's let's think of all the systems technically that had online accounts right was it Wii did it start on yeah. the Wii and then there's a couple handhelds like 3DS yep. definitely 3DS had an and, account, and Wii right? U shared an environment not content there was Zero crossplay of any kind. Right, you had to twice. pay for crossplay. There was the yeah. you just had to pay yeah. twice. And then now, now the Switch generation. So Switch and mobile are tied together. But what they're saying is, hey, we're not hitting the reset button this time. Whatever our next thing will be, we'll, it, we'll be it built did on make that. Me, so what I did is right? I went and like logged in all these accounts because like I don't 
does, do any of us check our Nintendo accounts? Do you even see like a purchase history? And it turns out, yeah. Oh, I get shit all the time. Yeah, dude, you got to redeem those. No, no, platinum I know, points, but like, baby, you, those you, it points. turns out they, they do keep track of that. It's weird that they don't. You can't keep track of anything else. I'm like, I haven't bought a Nintendo game for one year until Zelda. I'm like, no, it's just not counting physical games that are put in my right. system. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, no. When you start to do that weird thing, like if you have a physical game, you have to go on the Switch to like a menu and like register that game to tie it to Whoa, your account, what? and then like you get those the gold bonus points, which then you can use to get discounts on future games. Uh, like. I- yeah, see, you guys I, even know I did. About I that. finally fucking... bought my first like full game with those gold coins because I've I've been such a yeah. good boy. Hmm. Nice. I always just take like the two or three dollar discount and every time I buy a game. Like, oh yeah. sure, <laughs> a little little bit off. Why not? Same. Why not? It seems unfair compared to the guy you're making plastic and uh, shipping a cartridge to. But whatever, save me two dollars for digitally <laughs> downloading it. Jerks. Now I'm just complaining about Nintendo. It's a fun <laughs> thing we do on the show, Jesse. You know you can do that if you buy stock. I yeah. found that out. Yeah. Oh my god! Did you? Did you see, <laughs> you're you legally allowed. <laughs> you're legally allowed. Yeah. The, this week was a great yeah. story about the dude who bought stock and complained about his squid kid not having enough emotes or clothing or no, something. No, it was, it, great. was it was it was much worse than that, Jesse. He went in to complain that Splatoon Three was catering too much to female avatars and needed more stuff for boy versions of the squid kids. (laughs) To which uh, Miyamoto-san responded, it's about time someone said it. Um, (laughs) I believe this is quote. Then he cracked open a beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Together like Steve Austin. It was amazing. (laughs) I I thought his quote was, Jesus, kid, you need to get laid. Get get outside more. (laughs) I, I, I forgot about that, but that was, I think that was brought up in the wake of the Game Stonk thing. Because I don't know, J- Jesse, one of our sponsors was Robinhood, and I remember they gave me money, like, buy whatever stock you want. And, like, can I just buy – I can buy stock in Nintendo. And then I read that article a couple of years ago, like, yeah, I can go in their shareholder meetings now. If yeah. I buy a couple more, but it's only, like, 50 bucks. They never really move. But, uh, yeah, if you have an extra 500 bucks to spare, why not – interrupt Nintendo's very serious <laughs> shareholder meeting. How do you They're think a- the press get all those shareholder reports? They just buy one share of stock and listen in. Like, mm, it's yeah. fine. You know? mm, yeah. I, I, when I last checked, it was 50 bucks. I'm thinking of really letting this Dogecoin thing go. And um, I don't I don't know why I did that. My <laughs> no one no one else benefited because I, I only benefited from that because they were a sponsor. I had free stock and my friends like, dude, Dogecoin, it's hilarious. I'm like, whatever, I will never check this app again. It's a good stock tip. It's very and, good. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like a year later, he's like, you get that Dogecoin? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh God. Like <laughs> this is this is nine times what I oh so buy not game stock, but uh I AMC because like I want movie theaters to come back and succeed and holy shit. It wasn't a ton of money, just but it's like a couple hundred bucks I got for literally nothing. Nothing. God, this is such Welcome a to weird Wall Street, business. baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise, thanks you for buying AMC stock. Uh, and I thought he was United Artists guy. Is he AMC? Uh, I don't know. No, he just he's, he's just he's seems to be, become man. like the goodwill ambassador for going to the movies. Well, like, it's his ex-wife that does the, uh, the, the intros to AMC movies, mm-hmm. right? Nicole yeah. Kidman's got that whole thing where she's like, Basically telling you to shut the fuck up during the movie, but in a very polite Australian yeah, way. But wasn't Top Gun Maverick basically credited with like you brought back the movies? Yeah. Well, yes, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. so much that like you have a streaming service and you didn't dump this on it. Uh, <laughs> the only movie that didn't do that, 
And I don't know if you, our buddy Kevin at Cap City, he filmed a parody that Nicole Kidman intro where he walks into his goddamn micro theater and instead of watching the first movie Nicole Kidman watches is Jurassic World. The movies are magic, changes our life. Jurassic World? <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, Nicole? And then he just watches like practical smut and it's wonderful. Like just wonderful 70s, 80s. I, I feel like if we're riffing on Nicole Kidman AMC intros, it's probably time to transition. Yeah, to yeah. Her. So <laughs> true. let's move along to our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your favorite game of the year so far? Your personal game of the year or the, for the first six months of 2023. Uh, Jesse, you weren't here Last week, do you have a single favorite that you would single out? Not a favorite, something Ooh. you think needs to be championed. Yeah. Because I said Wu Long, I get why people might like. Did I mention Chia? Yeah. Chia, no, 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 you have championed. Chia. Chia. But, but like, uh, in waiting for a new Zelda game, but there was like this really weird, what would you call it? Uh, Wind Waker esque. Yeah, indie game. Indie game that's, Chia? that was amazing. Chia. Is that what you're talking about? Chia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chia. That was, a, that was a very, very cute game as well. Yeah. I am trying to verify the date it was released because I don't... Mm, I guess it was at the end of last year. So I don't care. Say it anyway, Jesse. Yeah. I want to hear it. But uh, at the beginning of this year, I was all about Potionomics. Uh-huh. I think that game what? is... Uh, have you heard or seen no. this game? No. That was Can part of imagine? my Gandalf-themed rap album. Imagine some of the best video game art. It's very, it's like very Pixar. Looks incredible. Huh. And huh. you play as a girl who is gifted her uncle's potion shop on an island. Mm-hmm. And you, it is both part shop management, both part um, like haggling and selling. There's a card game involved. And then there are different characters that you can meet that obviously you can fall in love with and go on dates I, Obviously. of course, attempted to date the walrus man because I yeah. want to know what that was like. You're a huge uh, Kevin Smith's Tusk fan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's in your villains, like, there's competitions and you can go. It's a game that it was it was unexpected and absolutely fun to look at. Everything about mm. it is beautiful. And so, yeah, shout out to that game. It sounds yeah. better. It sounds better than Elemental. I'm, I'm looking at a trailer, and actually everything you just talked about coincided with each beat of the trailer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it looks fantastic. It. it looks. I'm going to give this a shot. Let's give a listener to combine the two, and maybe we can get the more <laughs> word of the game out there. <laughs> well, uh, from the fans on VidGameApocalypse.com, Soren7550 says, Soren. If a certain someone could just not be a terrible person then Hogwarts Legacy would have been my pick, as it's the Harry Potter game a lot of fans have been dreaming about for years. So instead, I'll go with Dead Island 2, a game that's surprisingly good, considering the development hell it went through, and you can play as a male stripper, which I find neat. Michael voted for that. I I just didn't get a chance to play it. Dead Island 2? Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. It's Um, very fun. mm -hmm. And we all were very conflicted about Hogwarts Legacy, because it is a great Harry Potter milestone and nuclear in terms of talking about on a podcast or recommending mm-hmm. and, and also fuck JK Rowling and yeah. supporting I'll, the franchise. I'll say this. It is, I think it is perfectly ethically and legally sound to buy used games, especially from individuals. Just dropping that out there. Uh, is it ghost baby? Ghost baby. 
mm-hmm. says, I'm in a, a tight scrub, and uh, I'm a tight scrub and actually use Game Pass through my console linked to my friend's account who pays for it. I mostly let new Game Pass, uh, new games pass me by. Uh, happy enough just listening to the conversations without playing them myself. That said, when I saw Hi-Fi Rush on that early Microsoft showcase, I had to play it. Hey, hey, Ghost Baby, I voted for that. I thought it was a game worth championing. Uh, obviously, I'm still on an, on an X-Bone, and uh, my only option to pay uh, pay out for GP Ultimate to play the game through streaming, uh, I was surprisingly surprised by how well the rhythm-based fighter worked over the cloud. What? Dude, I could not play, like, Serious Sam through the cloud. I'm shocked he got a... Hmm. Uh, but, but, but I guess, like, if you remember how that game worked, because I didn't finish it, I'm always afraid to jump in because I don't want to relearn it. But everything moving in the background is moving to the rhythm, so it might right. Yeah, you if you can sync yourself to that, it could be totally okay. It could be more okay than a precision shooting game. Okay, wow. Sorry, I have I don't have the sobriety or the game development terms to talk about how this could work real <laughs> well over streaming. But he's right. I'm surprised how well a rhythm based fighter worked with the cloud. Uh, it does have a few annoying quick timing moments, uh, but once I. I fought through a section of Prodigy's Invaders Must Die. Referencing the game Scott Pilgrim Influences, uh, I knew it would probably be my favorite game of the year. Mm. Awesome ghost, baby. That's pretty cool. Uh, Jesse, do you want to read Full Install? Do you have I the notes below? I would love up? to. Okay. All right, Full Install says, I'm going to go with something a bit different. For me, there's personal environments that certain games fit into. Final Fantasy 16 is a perfect example of of the kind of A experience. Is that A plus? Uh, possibly. A, the A plus experience you want sitting in front of the biggest TV you can find. <laughs> but I'm going to focus on games that excel at those 30 minutes where you want to play something in bed before going to sleep. And let's be honest, whilst you're on the toilet. Legend of Zangetsu, ever heard of this, mm. has completely dominated this gaming space. A first-person throwback RPG in mechanics and difficulty. Reminiscent of the Wizardry games. Huh. Hmm. It is one of the most uncompromised old school <laughs> RPGs I've played in some time. Graphically, it could probably have been on the 3DS, but who cares? You're gonna t- you're taking a shit, not sitting at the IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well put. <laughs> Thank that's, you, full install. Yeah. But I that's a good point, the idea of just like Games that have a purpose like that. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I'm gonna play 30 minutes at a time, and that's it. That's all I'm gonna yeah, put like, into this. I, I, w- I was willing to like throw Marvel Snap into the into a volcano I- until I like eat at Arby's or something. And like, this is really fun on the toilet. It really is. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, Robert Young says my game of the year has to be this exciting browser game I found. I don't know the name, but basically, you just feed eggs to a little egg man. And depending on factors, you either win more eggs or have to buy new eggs. I won't spoil it, but when you finally win, the little Eggman gives you a spicy surprise. He's been eating Taco Bell. Uh, Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Uh, Exciting game, but I wouldn't recommend playing it at work, especially (laughs) if things are a little tense about inter-office communication. Love the show. You should be able to watch some porn at work. Again, I had to explain the switch to my dad this week. Not I think you should leave. He loves that show. <laughs> and he found this sketch funny despite not having worked in an office in almost a decade. 
uh, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, who I've been interacting with a bunch with this week. You guys have been amazing. Uh, man, oh god, for for my core group of best friends, this is theirs too. System Shock. It's finally out after five or six years of development, and it is great. My elevator pitch is this. If you like Metroidvanias, it's closer to uh, that than you may think. I think despite what most of us know, like me who haven't played it, that it's a Bioshock spiritual precursor. Uh, combined with a lot of Resident Evil survivor horror elements, uh, including hoarding ammo and sorting inventory, I have my own quibbles with the game, but it lets a lot of people play uh, what is a very prolific and influential game with really good visuals to boot. Uh, one thing that I will suggest is to pay attention to the audio logs in the game. They are there for a reason, which is to give you a direction of what you're supposed to do next. I have personal nostalgia for the game itself, just because as a kid, I didn't have consoles. For me, the 3D view and the exploration aspect felt so ahead of its time because uh, the only game that I can kind of compare it to is Metroid Prime in terms of console gaming doing similar things. Uh, there are also things that it do doesn't do super great uh, that future immersive sims would improve upon, but this is, is almost an exact remake with improved visuals, so they accomplish what they set out to do. Anyways, definitely recommend. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in checking out System Shock as well. Oh yeah, it's cool. Uh, do you want to read Kelly Ryan? Oh, I got it. Kelly Ryan says, I gotta say... After binge playing Final Fantasy 16 all weekend, it just slipped in as my new favorite game of the year so far. Yeah. The combat is yeah. so much fun. The story has me glued. It feels good to have a new game from my favorite series. I'm so glad you you knew that was a my. It's <laughs> <was> like what <laughs> is he saying there? From my favorite series. Yeah, KY, uh, my favorite, KY series. favorite series. Yeah. <laughs> Lubed up and ready to go. <laughs> uh, Dennis Davies says, Zelda aside, my game of the year so far has been Resident Evil 4. Mm. I was always in the minority that didn't like the original, mostly because I preferred the horror focus of previous games. But with 4 Remake, I love the gameplay with more modern controls, love the spooky sense of atmosphere and dread, and I love that tonally it feels more in keeping with the remake series. Capcom is really firing on all cylinders lately, and I can't wait to see what the next RE brings. Again, all I can predict is new natives for RE5. <laughs> Unless they remake yeah. Resident Evil Zero or Code Veronica. It takes place I, in Hoboken, Veronica, New though. Jersey. I, I, I just don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that game... What if? I, not that I know or anything, but I don't think that game sold as well. Mm -hmm. as something like RE5 or 6. So I think they sure. end up readdressing that first. Uh, from Twitter, we got uh, Drawn Coyote, and I'm totally with you here, my top non-Zelda game <laughs> from 2023, 20, uh, came out in 2002. Metroid Prime Remastered mostly holds up pretty well over 20 years later, especially after the update uh, updated looks and controls. The timing of the shadow uh, drop worked quite nicely for me as I just was just finishing Dread, and dove immediately into Prime once I got my hands on the physical release. I know this won't count under the strict standards of professional podcasters, trademark, <laughs> are known for, but I gotta go with my heart. Plus, I only really had time to play like three games at all this year. Uh, I, I thought I was the same until like I've developed some real sleep problems. So yeah, games have been there for me. But yeah, Michael... Do we say that we don't? We, the, the, normally, we we don't include remasters in game. No, of the year although I I was ready to bend the rules a bit for Metroid Prime Remaster because mm. I think, like 
if this is a remaster, then what is like Shadow of the Colossus and mm. Demon Souls? Because this is like a complete graphical overhaul. It's complete modernization of the controls. Mm. Uh, it it feels like a remake, even though it is like you know shot for shot the original game. It's the original maps, the original enemies. They didn't really change anything except that everything feels very modernized and looks really pretty. So I, I, I'm glad he mentioned it because I totally forgot it existed yeah. and I still yet to finish any Metroid Prime game. So I might have to try and yeah, I, me- I meant to bring that and the Dead Space remake up during the Resident Evil 4 remake talk. But uh, those, those are both fantastic. Like you were saying, Jesse, it's been a fantastic year for yeah. remakes and, and remasters. And then there's Dewani Raksha. I'm a disgusting 91 hours into Diablo 4 in the 25 days since I got early access with pre-order. I have a problem, (laughs) and I need help. It's absolutely my favorite game so far this year. There's surprising depth to the end game so far, and I'm excited about seasons coming. Yeah, I'm going to check it out too, despite not loving any Diablo game ever. Not really playing most Diablo games ever. Hmm. Um, Want to try I, I like Diablo 4 a lot, although it is, like, at the beginning, it's, like, super easy. You are stomping everything. And then my understanding is, like, well, you know, it's an open world. The further you, in you get, like, the more brutally difficult it becomes. But I just want to keep riding this high, man. Uh, <laughs> and and taking out giant monsters without interference from other friggin' players coming in from off screen. Anyway, uh, we have a couple of video answers. Uh, first, just from Gallatin Carhart. Uh, returning after God knows how long, and uh, he has this to say. Good afternoon, VGA. It's Gallatin Carhartt here. It's been a bit yet again. Uh, over here mowing, doing a little sweat. Not tons of sweat just yet. I got the miniature donkeys here. I got miniature Charlie and pony. No, horse. Not miniature yeah, Pointing out so miniature that. horses. Yeah. As a farmer, Jesse. There. There's Rosie. She's due <laughs> in a little over a month. And then there's... Uh, there's Glory down there with Baby. We haven't named Baby yet. Baby's about two weeks old. We'll get it named soon enough. So anyways, there's MJ running around. Huh. Answer to this week's question of the week. What's the most fabulous this game that's come out this year so far? And there's going to be people who say Zelda, and that Zelda's fine. That Link Feller's all right. And then somebody's going to say, like, Matthew Allen. Oh, Fire Emblem Engage. Let me tell you something. There was no Jean-Luc Picard in that game. That's the greatest captain you have ever captained the Enterprise ever. He's not in it. No, thank you. Thank you very much. What I'm going to tell you, this game's been out a little less than a month. And I'm all fired up interested. MJ, quit eating poop. MJ, get over here. Come on. Hey. Sorry, she's eating poop. Is uh, Farming Simulator 23 for Switch. <laughs> Woo! Let me tell you something. After sweating all day long, riding the John Deere's, doing all I do, nothing relaxes me more. Get home, crack open a seltzer, and then fire up Farming Simulator. Fire up some more green on the Switch. I'm just telling you what. Woo! That does something from old gold Galaxy Car. That does something for me. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a fabulous time. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank Love you, Galton Carhartt. Carhartt. And I I hope 
not hope, but like that's like his tradition. It's his I know, favorite but game we haven't heard year. from him so long. I love the idea that he may not even listen to the show, but saw the tweet and like, I got to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I got to tell them how much I love the farmer loves farming simulator. Yeah, <laughs> unabashedly love him. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Galaxy Carhart. We have Semi-fracky. another one from from Semi Fracky. Hey, DJ, I'm coming at you from the bathroom here. I just wanted to point out uh, this little metal thing right here where my tile terminates. It's mm-hmm. actually called a schluter, which I thought uh, no. Ricky Parez would appreciate. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing of 2023 were the 18 days of the beginning of January where you could still play Stadia. Because uh, Stadia <laughs> did deliver Aww. on all those promises. Matt. It had the best version of Hitman 3, which lets you uh, create your own missions and share them with a screenshot. It had uh, exclusive games like Outcasters that used uh, Crowdplay, so you could just start a stream up on YouTube and people could come and join your game. It had games like uh, Pixel Junk Raiders that you'll never be able to use again, but uh, it was a great game at the time, and I loved it. And uh, I I guess the one benefit is, uh, since it went away... Uh, I was able to get a PS5 that I never play because every time I turn it on, I've got to update something. Or if I want to play a new game, i got to download it. And uh, that's a, it's a much better experience than walking up to any screen in my house and uh, use my DualShock 4 to play anything immediately. So uh, you guys are right about that. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Love you. Uh, TL, if you're in the fourth chair, you got the hottest takes. Uh, if someone else is the fourth chair, I don't know. Try harder. <laughs> Don't tell Jesse to try harder. <laughs> Hell yes. Your audience is amazing. Because <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so fun. much a response to this question of the week, but like, y'all were really mean to Stadia last week. Mm. Well, you and Matt were. I, I enjoyed Stadia. I just didn't use it very much. Uh, that kind of passive non... I wanted to reinvest all my gaming money into Stadia, and they botched mm. the entire thing. Fuck them. Mm. All right. So new question of the week. Uh, what game are you most looking forward to in the next six months of 2023? We're halfway through the year, but, you know, next next six months could completely change the topography of this list. Uh, and there's going to be five more when we when we finish it. So um, wh- what game are you most looking forward to? I guess I'm most looking forward to Starfield at this point. Mm. I was kind of cool on it until I saw that huge direct presentation they did. And I realized, like, oh, this is another Bethesda open world game like Skyrim, like, you know, Fallout. I love that shit. And the idea of doing one on a galactic scale, like, this is like Mass Effect plus Skyrim plus a, a, a lot of size and diversity. That is really, really interesting to me. And I really want to see what they've done. But, uh, but how about you guys? Oh, I'm all about Alan Wake 2. I love how insane Remedy has gotten with their games. They're so weird. I love that kind of stuff. So I'm ready to be jump scared and run around and be in my mind place and shoot cultists. I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. Excited. Uh, Whatever they are, possessed townspeople. I don't know. Yeah, like whatever they are, I'll shoot them with light, too. I I want to tattoo a heart. That's something you do in that game, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Get a heart tattoo. All right, Chris. I want to emphasize this has never happened before. Uh, My dad needed. My dad and I are sharing a car right now, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm coming by. uh, Like, ah, shit! I'll throw in some clothes real quick. I need to pick up liquor for VGA anyway because that's what the people want. 
uh, <laughs> like for me to get drunk on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go to pick up some liquor, and I pull out my wallet, and she's like, "Can I see your ID?" I'm like, "Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much." And she's like, "I just, you know, all all the Spider Man. Like, what about Spider Man?" It's like you like Spider Man, like. Yeah, doesn't every and she's like and I looked down and like I threw everything on so fast. Spider Man watch band, Spider Man <laughs> shirt, and money from a Spider Man wallet. Like, why was I so miffed over the idea <laughs> uh, that? Well, why would she ask? Why would anybody ask me about Spider Man? I didn't know it. It's, I, I don't think I would have left the house like that on purpose. I just assumed you were eight. <laughs> wearing your pajamas that you got at Target and refused to remove. Spider-Verse is very cool, and I've seen it twice, and I love yeah. it. But yeah. Spider-Man 2, that game was so great, and like, I feel like a kid again. Like, Venom's not Eddie Brock. Ooh! I gotta know. Like, it matters, but like, it, but I gotta know. I'm so excited. I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped to be able to play as two Spider-Man at once. I love Miles Morales more than I like my mother. Um... Yeah, like I cannot wait for Spider-Man Two. Yeah, it's gonna be a new character named Teddy Block. Mm. <laughs> totally different guy. Yes. Uh, all right. So, what game are you most looking forward to in the second half of 2023? Let us know. Go to VigilGameApocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 530. Alternately, you can go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Jesse, once again, where can people hear you and find you and play your work? Yeah, first off, thanks again for having me. This yeah, was a blast. Th- thank you so uh, much for coming on. This is great. Yeah, it's always fun to just chat about games. I didn't know, I didn't know, but I was so happy someone who's experienced Final Fantasy fourteen was able to talk about Final Fantasy 16 because like it's it's what I want to know most about now. I, I watched uh, digital. Uh, oh, what are their, what are their names? Uh, digital Foundry's version and like most improved grape award. The grapes in Final Fantasy 14 were a series of three triangles. If you look at Final Fantasy 16, the grapes are like 100,000 individualized spherical grapes <laughs> all random they got the memo yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the grapes in final fantasy 14 look like a half-ass crystal with a with a grape jpeg on top of them uh i actually if you're still curious about final fantasy 14 i have a video out there somewhere hell yeah that is uh final fantasy 14 for beginners and it literally is just like awesome. yo if you want to get in this world this is what you got to know so you, know, you can find all that uh basically by heading over to jessecox.com, all my stuff is there. The way too many podcasts I do and all the different games that I help produce and all the other crap I'm up to, it's there. And uh, it's very simple to find. Illuminati, again, Monster Prom, jessecox.com. Yeah, again, not C-O-C-K-S. Yeah, right. C-O-X. <laughs> right. No. My, my friend has that last name. Became a locksmith. I don't know because of the name. Because hmm. being able to say Cox Locks is here for you, like, yeah. uh, unbelievable. Good. But yeah, COX, not like this. You cock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe. Who knows? I, mean, like, I could be a cock. Why not? <laughs> I don't consider an insult, ma'am. I'm proud of my genitalia. <laughs> this is 2023. <laughs> uh, oh, I have to plug stuff. 30, 2010 yes. this week. Um, the only thing I care about on 302010 this week for you hearing 
the amount of irritation that I went through for the almost three hours of watching for the first time on its 10-year anniversary, Johnny Depp's The Lone Ranger is absolutely one of the fucking most awful experiences I've ever had. And, like, the movie's not bad, but everything in it is. It is, it is, (laughs) it's so, like, I had it highlighted in my notes, just underlined, this is the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen. The framing devices are unnecessary. That this is an origin story for a character no one alive cares about at all and isn't even authentic. Like, this movie is, if you want to hear me yell for like 30 minutes, sit through a long time on 302010. (laughs) Because Lone Ranger, I feel like I was harsh on a lot of things this week, but I that movie is so dumb. So dumb. I've never met a Lone Ranger fan. I've been to like a billion Comic-Cons. There are no Lone Ranger fans alive in this world. I've been on the <laughs> internet since 1992. Never met a Lone Ranger fan. How did this $250 million movie happen? <laughs> Who is it for? Why is Johnny Depp in brown fa- Don't pretend like he's not. There's a framing device where he is. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why is I, th- I think I heard the point being raised. He's basically Captain Jack Sparrow, but with weird face paint and like a turkey on his head. Except uh, for the framing device, where a child is visiting a museum and having the story told from right, an older yes. Johnny Depp in brown face. They did like I thought they skirted around it. They just leaned into it. it yeah, I remember reading at the time, and it's just like, oh, he's like half Cherokee or something, right? And then I looked into it, it's like, no, he's. He's like Half. he he thinks he thinks his great grandmother was Cherokee or Creek, and uh, so it's, it's like one of those Elizabeth Warren family legend things. The it's only, like this may be true. The only thing that would lead me to believe he had any Johnny Depp has talked for a very long time, kind of like a stereotype of a Native American. I thought he was doing mm. mostly Hunter Thompson for a long time, but his yeah, real voice. Yeah is sort of how people played Native Americans in Western movies. That, <laughs> that is how they talk, you see, for many moons. Like, <laughs> I'm, so so, I'm so sorry for that. Please don't cut it out. <laughs> it was necessary to say, because the movie made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, there was a pretty good action scene at the end. But, it is, uh, but it's mostly man. because the only thing we know about the Lone Ranger is the theme song, which is a public domain song that is amazing mm-hmm. from 200 so, years ago. It's a William Tell Overture. It's about a guy who rode around shooting arrows off people's, or apples off so, people's Yeah, I think you could, you could score fucking Con Air with that song, and it would make it more awesome. That movie hmm. sucks. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, that, not to get... It's like... It bothers me because it's it's also like... It doesn't suck a lot. It's kind of good, but like it just never should have been made. You and and now we know anybody can make a good movie with two hundred thirty million dollars. Anybody, like, <laughs> what a waste of time! <laughs> they just they bought Marvel three years ago. Why are you re- rebooting a superhero from the fucking radio? I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All good points, though. All right, uh, as always, you can visit us online at vgamepocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
plug a bunch of stuff. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, uh, 